0: And now, introducing the produce aficionado of the Baltimore area. Yesterday, he told me to put my onions away. Today, he asked me to inspect his kiwis. Hold on to your plums. He is Glenn Clark.
1: All right, good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Today's show is brought to you by the Baltimore Police Department. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. We have an insanely busy Wednesday show on tap for you. Coming up later this hour, Pat Ricard joins us after he re signed with the Baltimore Ravens. Later in the hour, Marcus Spears, former Raven, now at ESPN. Later in the show, new Ravens safety Marcus Williams will join us for the first time. And the biggest guest of them all, yes, Drew Forrester, will be with us this morning as well. So, a lot to do on the program today. I'm going to get Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios up at some point as well because I got them. A betting-themed Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Day's Grill. There is just so much happening on this particular program. Ravens apparently hosting a couple of um, pass rush types today in Owings Mills. Arden Key, Rasheem Green, neither that are significant but you know, it could be helpful pieces. Adarius Smith, we now know, will definitely not be coming back as he ends up with the Vikings and, indeed, got more money, as we expected. He had a press conference this morning and didn't really say much of anything about the Ravens situation, just sort of said it didn't work out, and, and so it is. Uh, I won my bet. I bet on a spring training baseball game yesterday. Y'all laughed at me. Big winner over here. 27
0: bucks. Yeah. Take that! Oster Family's getting the KFC uh, bucket. That's tonight.
1: right. Well, we we um, we will be getting Royal Farms chicken. That's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's Ro- the, Ro- Royal Farms that's the way bucket. It works. Way better. That's way the better. Way, it is much It better, is better. way that's better. It's a. We don't even have to really even a Say it's that for, for shtick. Yes, it's well. It is. If it's a shoot, it's real. Oh, uh, yeah. A work. It's not yeah, a work. Not a work. Exactly. It's not right. a work. Not exactly right. But that's Paul Valley. Paul was pissing everybody off in Orioles Twitter last night and fighting. So, with, it's ridiculous. Fighting with everybody. I I hope that we'll have time to get to that on the show today. We just have so much to do. Speaking of which, I don't want to waste any time with this. Uh, We had to do this just a little bit earlier on because of his schedule as he gets settled after his big introductory press conference last night. But a pleasure to spend a few minutes this morning with the new head coach of the University of Maryland, Kevin Willard. Let's kick things off today by chatting with him here on GCR. Well, joining us now, he is, of course, the new head basketball coach at the University of Maryland. He's Coach Kevin Willard. Coach, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Did anybody end up taking you up on your offer to go get a beer last night?
2: Unfortunately, um, you know, I had my two kids with me, and I had to get them back for school this morning. Um, I'm heading, actually on my way back down to Maryland right now, so unfortunately, I couldn't have a beer with anyone. But I'm looking forward to it tonight. Uh,
1: that, that'll be a great opportunity to get some notice, get to know some folks around these parts. Uh, coach, um, so much I want to talk to you about. I was just wondering if I could start. We're of course in Baltimore, and you know, when I was thinking about maybe your ties to the area, uh, Akil Carr's name came to mind, and and he was such an icon. And I know you've never actually got the chance to coach him, but can you take me back and you know, tell me about what it was, maybe the first time you ever saw him and why you were like, man, I know he's short, but I, I give this kid a chance to play in the Big East.
2: Yeah, the Crime Stopper. Um, you know, Keel was I, – I I first watched him when he was a junior in a packed high school gym, and, you know, I was just mesmerized. with you know, what he could do with the basketball and what he could do and, and, and how – he had so much finesse and he had so much – you know, he had so much confidence and, you know, he just got – um, I just loved the way he played, and you know, at the time when I was at Seton Hall, I was looking for someone to energize and, and be someone to come in that people wanted to watch. Uh, and I had an assistant in Chris Pompey that was from Baltimore and, and Baltimore in the DC area, and he, you know, he got me down there, and uh, I was just, I just loved the way Akil played.
1: Well, unfortunately, it didn't get the opportunity, but no, you're right. He was, boy, he was a phenomenal player to watch. Um, you know, with that in mind, Baltimore kids, right? Uh, uh, Juju Reese, of course, I I was, I was checking out, you know, I I know his mom a little bit, Angel, and she mentioned that you might have a little bit of a family connection with Juju and his aunt being at Pitt at the same time that you were and playing on the women's team. And she mentioned that you had actually recruited him, um, to try to get him to seat in the hall. Can you take me through your relationship with the Reese's and, you know, the importance of trying to make sure that he sticks around at Maryland and, and maybe whether or not you have a little bit of confidence because of the relationship you have with them.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, I think it, it, what's, what's been interesting is, and in, in, I'm a big fan of Julian's and the way he plays and what, what a great young player he is. And, I mean, if you just look at the family and, and, and <laughs> uh, the tradition that the family has, um, it's, it's a wonderful family. Um, you know, and you look at what his sister's doing on, no the, on the women's team, um, it's it's kind of mind-blowing um, how good of an athletic family and just how good of people they are. Um, I think it's what's kind of interesting is that, you know, I know a lot of kids on the roster. Um, I either, you know, tried to recruit them because, you know, uh, being in this area uh, or played against them. Um, you know, I've played against a couple guys on the roster. So I'm very familiar with the, the kids on the roster, Um they're all terrific young men. You know, it's like something Turge, I think really did a great job of recruiting not only good players but terrific young men. And I'm looking forward to kind of getting and working with all of them.
1: I, I, no doubt, obviously, we you know when th- there's a Baltimore thing around here that like we're a little selfish when it comes to Baltimore kids on the roster, coach. It's yeah, we we like all of them. I promise you that. But you know, it's just a little. There's something a little bit different for us when there's a successful Baltimore I understand. I I, I I
2: definitely get.
1: Uh, coach, you, you, of course, you know. speaking of families, you're a, you come from a basketball family yourself. Um, I was wondering if you could share with me the best thing you ever learned from your dad and all the years that, that you were around him as a father, as a coach, as a mentor. I, is there one thing that you do on a day-to-day basis and you're like, oh, God, I know. I know that's the only reason I do it is because of dad.
2: Oh, jeez. <laughs> we could be here forever. Um... No, I think, I think the biggest thing that I've learned from my father, and it was because I played for him. Um, you know, it was, you know, I was very lucky to play for my father. My father was very unlucky for me to play for him. <laughs> uh, um, you know, I got I got to see firsthand how he balanced running a high level program and being a father. Um, it's I always say people always say what's the hardest part of your job, and I always say being a father um, because this job demands so much of you. Um, but you cannot forget about raising your kids or being a good husband. And I think my father was a, uh, he was a phenomenal coach. He ran great programs, but he was a phenomenal dad. You know, he never stopped being a father. He never stopped being there. Um, and every day I wake up, the first thing I say is, you know, I i, I, I always say to myself, like, let's go out work to everybody. Then all of a sudden, before I walk out the doors, you know, you have to be a father. Hmm. And that's something that... Um, I think about every day, um, and it's something that he taught me and I learned from him, and it's something that's just ingrained in me and I make sure that I'm I'm being a great husband, a great father, uh, and I'm running a
1: high-level program. We we saw your two boys at the press conference. Do you you see in them, like, interest? Do you see in them, like, oh, no – they they definitely want to follow in their their dads and their grandfathers footsteps. You try to dissuade them from that, like no no no. They
2: they will have nothing to do with this business. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they are both way smarter uh, than I ever could dream of being. Um, they both actually love playing baseball, which is. Which is great for me because I can sit in the outfield and watch them. It's cool. Uh, the only bad thing about baseball, it's just not timed. I wish I would have done a better job of <laughs> getting them into a timed sport.
1: <laughs> you spend all of a sudden you look down your watch. We've been here for three hours. <laughs> yeah, I've been What's
2: there going? for three hours, and you know I made eight hundred recruiting calls, right. and, and we're only in the top of the third inning. Oh so, man! Uh, but they love. They absolutely love baseball, and, you know, I think they're they're really excited. It's really hard on your family when you move, especially when we've been at such a special place like Seton Hall for so long. Um, but they're excited about being part of the Turp family.
1: He is, Coach Kevin Willard. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, you know, Coach, you, you brought up Mark Turgeon, and, and he won an awful lot while he was here at Maryland. But – you know, is never fully embraced by this fan base because of the lack of postseason success over the years. And there were some pundits who had said, hey, that might dissuade coaches from considering the Maryland job. Was that something that that you thought about at all, or did you sort of say, hey, no, I that that's my expectation for the program. I'm embracing those things. I'm here to go win big-time championship-caliber basketball.
2: No, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, I'm good friends with Mark. Uh, I think Mark did a phenomenal job here. Um, you know, again, consistency is not, you know, for some reason in America today, uh, being consistent is not a good value, which I don't know why that happened or how that happened in this country. But, you know, Mark was a very consistent. Uh, his teams played very hard and, and, and won a lot of games. For me, uh, when I looked at, you know, what was going on and how all this went down is was. This is the University of Maryland. This is, this is a big-time job. You know, I, I really believe a top-ten job. Uh, if you look at the, you, the tradition, you look at the, the great players that have come through this program, um, NBA players, great college players, um, and then you look at the coaches. You know, Lefty obviously started this, but then you look at what Coach Williams was able to do and how he put this university on a, on a level that's um, very hard to do at any school. Um, you know, when so when you look at the consistency of what the coaches have done, what the great players have played here, um, that's some that's a place that you want to be and that's some place that is obviously a great job.
1: I, I bring that up and I and I'm sure I'm gonna be the first person to ever mention um your, your one in five record in the NCAA tournament coach. I'm I'm sure I I duck as I say that, right? <laughs> um do you believe that being at a place like Maryland, given the resources here that 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 level of of success and that expectation level that we're talking about from this fan base that it is it is attainable at a place like Maryland because of the resources that you have for basketball.
2: Yeah, I, absolutely. And I also think you know it, it's you know as you you know as you as you get into the NCAA tournament, yeah. you know one of the things that you know we had a hard time at Seton Hall. Um, you know we, once we got into the NCAA tournament, you know we became a, a consistent. Uh, we, we were consistently being in the NCAA tournament, but, you know, one of my issues was, you know, we had to build a – I didn't do a, a good enough job building a roster that, A, that when we got into the NCAA tournament that we could be ready to uh, play in it. And I think it's okay. something – you know, obviously, my 2020 team won the Big East champion. Right. You know, would have been a 2 seed. I think two things you have to do – have to have, you know, and I look at all the teams in the NCAA tournament in the Sweet 16 right now, you have to have a guy that can get you a bucket getter. And you have to have a a roster that can sustain twenty league games, uh, three more tough physical games in in your in your rival games, Um, because that is more than anything. Is you know I look at Purdue. Uh, Purdue has two big guys that can get them a bucket at any time, and then they play eight guys solid minutes. And then I look at Michigan. Michigan has a a guy that can get them a bucket at any time. Uh, Hunter it I mean, you just throw it down there; he's getting you yep. a bucket. And then they have a roster that's you know they play seven, eight more guys that that are balanced out. And I think that's something that um, you know, the, the to shoot the two years I had bucket getters. You know, unfortunately, year in sixteen we got sent out west.
3: Um, Denver, and
2: yeah, when we probably should have been a four seed, and then the year the tournament got canceled, we had a uh, an unbelievable bucket getter, and we were unbelievably deep. And as I've kind of gone through the NCAA tournament, and, you know, this year we kind of just limped in. We just, you know, we lost our point guard halfway through, and then we lost our power forward right before the tournament was, you know, you you have to be fresh going into the NCAA tournament. And I look at all the teams that are really striving, you know, Providence with Ed Cooley and uh, Villanova, the two Big Ten teams, you know, those are teams that are are deep, but they also have guys that can get them a bucket at any time. And I think that's, I think the biggest thing as a coach is you have to you have to learn from your failures. And what I've learned over the last three or four years is the fact that you know I, you got to have someone that can get you a bucket at the end of the game because um, you're going to get it's it's hard to score in the NCAA tournament. It's it's you're going to play against a very good coach, a very good defensive mm-hmm. team. Make sure you have a guy that you can give the ball to at some point that can get you a bucket.
1: That's interesting. I really appreciate the perspective, Coach. That's a really honest answer about that, and I greatly appreciate that, Coach. Glenn, Ke-
2: unfortunately, you're only going to get a honest. I, you know, I have
1: heard that about you. I have heard that you are the type, Coach Kevin Willard, with us here on GCR. If I could follow up on that, there something that really fascinated me. Speaking of honest answers that that you brought up last night was the idea that you mold your your style around the players that you have for for the nerdy fans that really want to dive in and and dive deep on Kevin Willard is is there an example you could give us of maybe like one team that you you ran a certain style with with certain players and another team that you ran a certain style with that was a little bit different because of the players that you have to allow the nerds in the audience to sort of dive in on what to expect from Kevin Willard
2: yeah i mean I defensively we've always been one of the better teams in the country. Yeah. Um I just think it's um I think you have to embrace where you are. Uh, and Seton Hall is just outside New York City. Uh I look at Maryland, it's just outside DC, outside Baltimore. Um you know, it it it's my personality. I think it's always why they've always been great defensive teams. Uh but offensively, you know, I I've I've evolved in this business where, you know, I I'll take I'll give you my 2016 team. I had a sophomore point guard in Isaiah Whitehead who was really tur- really turned himself into an unbelievable point guard as the season went on and what I did is I evolved my offense to give him the best opportunities to not only score but I gave him opportunities to create offense for the other four sophomores that we started you know we started five sophomores that year um and ended up winning the Big East tournament and you know again I thought we got a little bit of a bad seed in the NCAA tournament getting sent out west. But, you know, I took that team, and I really gave the ball to Isaiah, ended up being the MVP um, of the Big East tournament. And, I, you know, we were very pick-and-roll heavy. I mean, extremely pick-and-roll heavy. I mean, we ran more pick-and-rolls probably than any other team in the country at that time. Well, the next year, Isaiah went pro, uh, got drafted by the Nets, and I had – uh, a six eight center that was an absolute beast, and Angel Delgado, mm-hmm. and so and we um, we remember, yes, <laughs> and and he had to get the ball, and yep. so uh, for us to be successful, we had to work much more inside to out, um, and so I couldn't be as pick and roll heavy, and so I took all the things that we were running the year before, and I had to get rid of them, and then we went to uh, a much more post-offense, inside-out, and a much more, you know, iso-offense because I had a, a young power, a young small forward that was really good, Desi Rodriguez, a lefty, tough, hard-nosed kid, uh, and then Kadeem Carrington, who was my point guard, who was, who was more of a scoring guard. So we went to a much more of an isolation offense, post-offense. And so that, we went from playing pretty fast tempo with Isaiah to a much slower tempo um, with throwing the ball into Angel because I had to make sure Angel got the ball and I think it's just something that I've learned that you have to adapt your style um, it gives your best players a chance to be successful Angel Delgado ended up being the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar award winner for yeah. the best center in the country um, and I think it's something that I I've learned from other coaches that you know you're going to get good players if if your best players are getting high high awards.
1: Uh, coach, I know I'm going to, need to let you go because you got a thousand of these that you're doing today. If I could knock out too quickly with you, one um, timing wise, it, in the past we used to say things like, "Hey, it, it might take three to four years for a coach to really get going because you got to bring your players in, and it's going to take a little while with recruiting." Has the transfer portal changed that? I mean, we, we see what, like, is happening at Iowa State, and I'm not trying to put, like, a Sweet 16 or bust uh, type of uh, scenario on next year, but has it sped up the process a little bit more? Can it be done a bit more quickly because of the nature of the transfer portal in launching a program in a new place for a new coach?
2: Glenn, it's a great question, and... and- Again, here's an honest answer. I think you have to be really careful with with the portal. Um, I I think it it can definitely help you in a a quick year. But if you're going to try to develop a culture and you're going to try to develop consistency where year in, year out, you're going to have teams that can compete for a high level, um, you have to do that by recruiting really high-level kids um, because you have to be able to... we, We brought in four kids on the portal this year to help us get to the tournament that were tremendous. But I also had... 9 kids in the program have been with me for 4 or 5 years. Sure. So when they came into the program, you know, the kids taught the culture, the kids taught the work ethic because they had been they've been taught that by the by the seniors before them, by the seniors before them. So the transfer portal can definitely help you uh it can definitely change the trajectory of your program very quick. But I don't think it's something that where and I've talked to a lot of guys that 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 have used it. It's not something where you know, everyone's a little scared that, you know, if you if you keep bringing guys from different places year in, year out, year in, year out, you're going to be inconsistent. And I know fan bases, more than anything, hate inconsistency. And I think, you know, you still have to build your culture. You have to use the transfer portal strategically, um, get the right kids in that, that you think that can help your roster. And also, you know, you have to be very careful of the kids that you've had on your roster that have been with you three, four years, sometimes five years. You know, you have to be very careful that you are not bringing kids in that all of a sudden are going to get playing time against kids who have helped you win games, have helped you build a culture. So, absolutely, the transfer portal can be a weapon, but I think you have to use it very, very strategically.
1: I appreciate that too, and I'll wrap with this, Coach. Uh, we saw the uh, the lovely gift that the folks at Under Armour gave you, and I'm you're an Under Armour guy. I'm sure you're going to love that a great deal. Uh, but if say there was a Maryland fan who wanted to give you a more practical um welcome to town gift something that maybe you are more likely to use just so we can get to know you a little bit better what would be the type of thing that would be like the perfect kevin willard welcome to maryland i
2: know i know everyone's gonna uh give me a nice bottle of red wine and you'll be friends with me for the rest of the life um you know know, i'm a simple guy glenn you know i I love to coach basketball um I, i love to go play around the golf with with my alumni and my friends um and most of the time, I'm trying to be a dad and a husband, you know. Uh, give me a, a nice – sit down and have a beer with me, and, and let's let's have some fun and, and, and bust each
1: other's balls. And, and to me, that's all I need. We'll look forward to doing that at some point. Coach Kevin Willard, really appreciate you taking the time. I know how insanely busy you are this week. Congratulations on the gig. Thank you for doing this, and look forward to doing it again here real soon. All right. No, Glenn, thanks for having me, and great talking to you. Really enjoyed that with Kevin Willard. Look, you know, I, I can't guarantee anything. <clears throat> I Kevin Willard's got to go – win basketball games and that's going to be how he's judged he's obviously between the press conference last night and you know other than a couple of flubs on names and I get it that it it happens and and basketball is way more important than flubbing a name in a press conference Um, between that and this interview you can't help you can't help but be really impressed the honesty on the question about his issues in the NCAA tournament that's that's about as refreshing and and remarkable an answer as I could have asked for on that question. So I greatly appreciated that. I I can't guarantee anything in relation to Kevin Willard's success. It is hard not to be impressed by the first 24 hours that he has spent as the University of Maryland basketball coach. He has hit so many correct notes so far. Long way to go. Got to, you know, actually play basketball, win the games, all of those things. But he has hit so many correct notes. As far as his answer regarding um, the length of time it takes to build and, and, and whether the transfer portal can speed that up a little bit, I guess what I would say would be, um, I, I know what he's saying. I know what he's saying. It is more important to lay your own foundation than to just hope that you get the right combination of players and you can kind of make it work. It's not as if it can't be done that way, but it's important to lay your own foundation. Okay. I, I agree. It, it can't be a five-year process. Like I mean, it just can't. It can't be a five-year process. But I get the point of what he's attempting to say in terms of how he wants to build a program. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um appreciate it. I know a lot of you like the answers that he gave about uh, his family. And I, I did enjoy that. Him saying he doesn't want to see his sons get into the business. But um hearing about his dad, all that stuff, enjoyed all of it. Really enjoyed that conversation with Kevin Willard. We'll look forward to doing it again in the future. Hey, today's show is also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. We're going to be there for the national championship game. Myself and former Turp Rodney Elliott hanging out with you. Great giveaways. We will be there on April 4th from 8.30 to 11.30 for the title game. Don't forget any single NCAA tournament game. If you go to the FanDuel Sportsbook and bet at least $50 on any game, and you're a Live Rewards member, you can register your bet to win a $500 bracket bonus. Ten of you are going to win a $500 bonus whether your bet hits or not. But you got to be a Live Rewards member, so get down there, sign up. Sweet 16 gets underway tomorrow night. Again, $50 bet. You can win a $500 bracket bonus from the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. We continue on a very busy Wednesday edition of GCR. I'm very excited that our next guest is going to be sticking around in Baltimore for another few years. We're a little nervous there for a second. He has been an incredible part of our community. He's been very involved with the group that you know that I care about uh, deeply, Show Your Soft Side. I, in fact, I'll make the announcement right now. I haven't said this before. I will be emceeing Project Runway coming up here in April, and I'm really excited about that. He, I'm even more excited is Pat Ricard, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Pat, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us, and congratulations on the new deal to stay in Baltimore. Thank you. That was quite
4: the intro, man. I, uh, I'm happy to stay in Baltimore. It's
1: it's it's great to hear from you, dude. I'm great, grateful that you're going to be around because I'm grateful for everything you've done so far. You've been... Truly, an incredible part of this community, Pat. Were, were you nervous at all during this process? And I know you would have been excited wherever you ended up, but was there a part of you that was just like, "Dude, can we please make this work out so I can just stay here where I've I've started a family and things are good for me"? Like, what was this like for you? Yeah, I mean,
4: I was. I think I was more anxious of just the possibility of having to leave Baltimore and start a new journey in a new city, new team, new teammates, all that stuff. Um, but honestly, I was pretty good. I think, I think I was actually more nervous once we got the, the offer from Baltimore because really? once we got it and I'm like, oh man, like now, like I want to make this work. Like I want to <laughs> stay. And I want to, you know, because, you know, negotiations, they can go one or the other way. You don't know what the team is going to offer. You don't know, you know, if, we we push too hard or something happens and then the team can just like you know what like this is it or they can just pull it or you know things can go either way so that I think that's when I was more nervous because you know we were negotiating for a couple of days it took it took like three or four days to really get, uh, get the deal done so um, during that time I was nervous but the start of free agency you know I was in Napa Valley with some of the guys on the team and just. Drinking wine and enjoying <laughs> the, the, the nice scenery out there. Uh, so,
1: a, not a bad place uh, to spend a few days. Not, no, <laughs> definitely
4: an interesting week, though, nonetheless.
1: All right, so so were you involved? Like, are you the type that says, dude, I'm, I can't get involved with this. I, I don't want to hear what anybody says about me. I just want to let the agent handle everything. Or did you want to be involved in the process and know all the nitty-gritty details of what was going on?
4: Um. You know, I definitely wanted updates from my agent and also my wife too. I think it was just good to, to be transparent and yeah. how they're preparing for me for the for agency and what you know, what teams are getting interest from. And then obviously, when we start negotiating, I, I needed to know everything. And um, you know, it's it's my life, so I, I feel like I, I had to get pretty involved. You know, I even had to call Coach Harbaugh up and try to. And talk to him and wow. figure out a way. Yeah, like yeah, it got serious, man. Like I had to. I wanted to be back that bad that I, <clears throat> I called Harps and I was like, hey man, like I'm trying to get this deal done. Like let's let's figure this thing out. And he he did, man. He helped me and he talked to Eric and we we all figured out a, uh, uh, the you know the final contract together, pretty much.
1: Uh, look, maybe I'm I'm naive. That sounds pretty significant. I haven't heard a lot of stories like that over the years, Pat. Of 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 going that route in order to get it done. Was was it because it was personal to you at that point that you said, hey, man, I I need to know that my head coach is sticking his nose out for me, that he wants me here that badly?
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess I was in Napa with some of the guys, and one of them was uh, Justin Tucker. and He told me, he was like, hey, like, when I, when I was first trying to get my deal done, you know, um, I ended up calling Harbaugh and I talked to him and stuff, and, you know, that's how we pretty much – we got it done, so I'm like, wow. Damn, like maybe I should do that, so I ended up doing that, and it helped, so, wow, um, yeah, you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, uh, being a free agent, teams don't really know if, you know, if you really want to be back, or, you know, they don't hear it from you, they just hear your agent talking, and, you know, after I talked to Harbaugh, he, the biggest thing he said to me was like, man, I'm just, I'm just so happy that you truly want to be back, and you really want to be back, because it's really It means a lot for us to reinvest for a guy for another three years, and so I think that was, you know, that was the biggest thing that he took away from me calling him. All
1: right, I want to talk more about your Napa trip in a second, but I I want to, we'll wrap this part with this. Um, (laughs) Does it, a lot of people talk about the culture in the building in Baltimore, and, and how different it is in other places, and I'm sure you talked to some other guys as you were going through this about the possibility of leaving, but is that part of it? Does that speak to the culture that a head coach that could just sort of say, look, man, I don't care. Just give me the players. I'll go line them up, draw up the plays, figure out a way to make it work, was willing to be as invested in the process as apparently John Harbaugh was. Is that more of a testament to the culture that exists within the Ravens organization?
4: Yeah, I think so. I think you know, I've always heard that the Ravens are a top organization. You know, top five, top ten, whatever it is. You know, I don't know. It's all. It's all I know. Right. Um, I think it's a, or, it's a fair organization. Like I feel like when guys come there, they feel welcomed right away. They feel like they can be themselves, you, and you truly can. Like I've heard teams that I heard guys from other teams like if for like any media stuff, you have to get it clear by the team first. All that like, right. I had one guy tell me, like, he had his hood on in the building, and people that worked there were like, hey, like, do you not want to be here, stuff like that, and the Ravens like, no, like, I can wear my hood, and they did not care, it's not, it's not they know that I'm there, I know I'm there for, you know, for a reason, and what I'm doing, and, you know, I can answer any media, like, you know, you can really just be yourself, and I think guys really resonate with that, and then, you know, um, like I said with the family thing, like, um, they love having your family around, and Harbaugh like considers us a big family, so like we can call him and talk to him. Just like I want to say, like quote unquote, a dad, but like he will listen to you. Like he will actually listen to you and and try to help you in any way he really can. And you know, some coaches or they just are coaches. You know, they don't they don't do that kind of stuff. And that's that's another reason why I really want to stay. is just because the culture is just it's very um, it's a very good place to work. It's a very good place to grow as a person. grow a family, have your family, be a part of it, because the organization wants you to. They want you to grow as a person. And, you know, I feel like if you go some some places I've heard, like, you can't – almost like you can't grow because you can't be yourself. So, like, how are you going to grow and also be a better player?
1: Man, that's awesome. Dude, That's you're, you're giving us uh, like a chills as you describe it, bro. <laughs> like, that is really cool, man. True. Pat Ricard is uh, back with the Ravens, and he's with us here on GCR. We want to get a plug in. ProjectRunway.org is the website. We're hoping Pat and, uh, and Haley are going to be able to be a part of it uh, if the schedule allows for them. But it benefits show your soft side and the incredible work that they do for animals in our community, and I know that's something that you and I have talked about a couple of times over the years, Pat, and how you got yeah. involved and, and, and what a softie you truly are, correct?
4: Yeah, I'm actually uh, cuddling with... I had two of my cats on me and the start of this phone call, and now one of them left, but the other one I'm currently petting right now. Okay.
1: That's awesome, man. That is awesome. All right, so let's talk about Napa, all right? Because all right. knowing you and seeing you and the type of... Fun- I would think Pat Ricard probably more of a beer drinker if i was just imagining what you were all about have have you always been a wine guy where did this come from and like take me through how this this trip came about who was involved and what was it you was it the wives like how did this whole thing happen
4: yeah, so me personally, I don't really drink much alcohol because okay, well you're a high level yeah. athlete, right? <laughs> yeah, so like it, it definitely affects me, so I don't like drinking that much. When I retire, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna drink a little bit more, but uh, right now, I if I do drink, it's hard alcohol, so like tequila, or it's like a like a seltzer or something that just has low calories stuff like that. So I don't drink wine very much at all. So. Pretty much how this trip came about was the Zeitlers, the wonderful, amazing Kevin and, and Sarah Zeitler. They are awesome, they by the way. They're so cool. love wine. Yeah, they're great. They're amazing people. They love wine. And they've been to Napa, I think, three or four times now. And they wanted to do another trip there. And because they've gone a couple times, when you go to certain wineries and stuff, you have to get on a list. And that's the only way you're allowed to go to these wineries. And they're the ones who had like, all this access. They knew uh some guy there that was able to get him like, set up all these uh trips to these wineries and stuff like that. So really it was Sarah and Kevin Zyla were the ones who like booked and planned the whole trip for us. Um and they and it was the wives that really talked, you know, it was I went, uh Ben Powers and his wife J C went. The bosuns were gonna go but free agency they decided to stay put and, and figure that out. So they ended up not going. Um the Tuckers went with his uh, Justin and his wife, Amanda. They were there. They love wine. And then there was um, some another couple that um, the Zeitlers know from another team. Okay. Um, and we had an Airbnb, and it was, like, in the lower Child's Mountain Valley, so, like, right outside of Napa, and it was, like, literally on top of a mountain, the house was. And the uh, <clears throat> the driveway to the house was, like, a mile up. Like it took a mile just to get to the house, it was like super windy, mountain roads, um, super narrow. Could fall off a cliff. No cell service.
3: Whoa!
4: And yeah, and we were there for four or five days, and just going to wineries every day. Okay. And after two days, I was done. I could not drink <laughs> any more wine. I, I still, I got sick from it. I got a cold right really? now. Really? Yeah, I got sore throat and congested. Um. But I was mostly there just for the sceneries and the good times. You know. Sure,
1: sure, I get that. Are are you the type that, like, now that you've done it, you don't need to drink wine? Like, when, when in the scenario <laughs> that you might drink alcohol, or again, after your career is over, does this scare you off? Did you say, dude, I ain't doing this again. I got sick from it. Forget that. I'm, <laughs> I'm a beer guy. Like, how how will your relationship with wine be after this trip to Napa?
4: I think it was a positive one. I don't think I'm going to drink Four days in
1: a row, like most guys <laughs> did. But like,
4: I think it was a good educational learning process for me to okay. really kind of like. Now I know what a Chardonnay is, and a Pinot Noir, and a Cabernet, and like kind of how like wine's made and stored and all that stuff. And you know, at the wineries, you know, they're all tasting, so like you're you're inclined to buy some bottles. So you know, the ones we really like to be bought. So I we'll have. More wine than I've ever had in my life, um, so it's going to get shipped all to my house. So Nice. Nice. I, I think it was a positive experience. I think I'll kind of sip all wine here and there in the future.
1: Mrs. Clark and I like to do a, uh, like a B&B weekend every year, and we always try to plan it around somewhere where there's a, a nearby winery, because it's her, her, it's her jam. Um, mm-hmm. I am the type that like tries a very minimal amount of wine and eats a lot of cheese when we're at these places. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Bro, it's literally, oh, i I never had more cheese and meats in my life than I did this past week. Bro, that it's doesn't, like,
1: that sounds like a pretty good week. Yeah,
4: it was, it was pretty much my diet. That's <laughs> awesome.
1: Did you get to smash the grapes at all while you were out there? Did you get to do it? Oh, no. Oh. I wish. I never got the opportunity. Oh, man, that would have been dope. That would have been dope, dude. I would have been all in. I've never done it before. I would love to do something like that at some point. Um, uh, Pat Ricard with us here on GCR. Pat, um, you know, is and is the is the phrase unfinished business? Does that strike with you at all? in coming back to Baltimore and knowing, you know, obviously things kind of went the wrong way injury wise for you guys a year ago. But how close you've been, how significant of a franchise you've been a part of? Does the words unfinished business in relation to a ship to a Super Bowl? Does that strike with you as you come back?
4: Yeah, I think so. I mean. I think we like you said, we've gotten so close to being in playoffs and and, see, and feeling like, you know, twenty nineteen was our year to really go to the Super Bowl and then we had that awful loss against the Titans and then we, next year we go to the playoffs, we beat the Titans and then we have a crazy game in Buffalo and then this year, you know, we we're going number one seed in the AFC and then all of a sudden we just lose six straight. Uh, it was uh it was a really tough win to end of the year for I think a the season itself was just a challenging season. You know, every single game we had a fight our way to win. We had never had any, any games that we just straight up won. Every game was a fight. So for us to just end the way it did, it was just, you know, a hard, a hard blow. And I think, I think we're starting to rebuild our team. We're starting to get healthy again. And I think we're, you know, almost going to be overlooked now because, you know, we have the Bengals who are all, a great team. Yeah. Pittsburgh with a new quarterback. You have um, the Browns with obviously Deshaun Watson now. And now the AFC West is just an absolute freaking who you know who knows? So I don't. I don't think the Ravens are going to be like. Uh, the, I think we're going to be the dark horse. Honestly, I don't think people are looking at the Ravens as like a top top five team in the AFC right now. I really don't think they are. Uh, so I, I'm excited to get back to work and and knowing that I'm going to, I'm going to be here for the long haul and. Um, you know, make that push to
1: really get to where we want to go. And the Browns are the new betting favorites in the AFC North. No, and no, I get it. Yeah. Deshaun Watson's a hell of a quarterback. Nobody's debating that. But like, hey, man, you know, <laughs> some other yeah. teams have done some things <laughs> over the last couple of right. years.
4: It's what it's literally like that every single year. I feel like the Browns are always like the number one team, and yet. Yeah, the season always shakes out to be what it is. It's, um, it, has yeah,
1: right. it has been that case. It has been that case, man. There's no doubt about that. I, look, Before man, that I'm, guy, I'm not right. trying to get you in trouble. I'm not trying to get like somebody's gonna. I never want to be the guy that like somebody hears something. Where you guys, you and I are just having fun, and somebody else is like, "Oh, what is he yeah. S' on this?" I'm like, "No, nah, man. We're just we're just talking. <laughs> Settle down. Calm. Everybody gets yeah. all worked up about everything anymore. It's really frustrating. All right, so uh, it's something you're gonna splurge on. You got a li- you got a little bit more cash now moving forward. Give me something that you've been waiting on. Something that you've been you know, I and I'm sure you want to do things for other people, and you get you know the family now, the whole thing. But is is there a is there a gift for Pat? Is there maybe like a a meat smoke or something that like you want to do for yourself moving forward now that uh, you got the new contract?
4: Um, I think the biggest thing is we've always wanted to more so settle down and buy a house in Baltimore. Okay. We've never done that. We've always rented. We've always had a townhouse and apartments. You know, I was on drafts in my first three years, so you just never know if I was gonna get cut or whatever and then I only signed a two year extension uh also two years ago. So I think now it's, I think that's the biggest thing. We're really excited to really start working and try to get a house. Um, maybe my wife needs a car, so she has a, a almost a ten year old uh car now, so sure. I think it's time for her to start working to get a new car. Uh, and then besides that <laughs> I think the biggest thing to spoil myself is I really want a damn Tesla. Oh, so bad. Oh, I'd be so jealous. Oh. yeah. Ronnie, Ronnie Stanley has the it's the crossover one. I think it's the X. I think it's called or the okay. Y. I think it's X. Yeah, and it's just it's so cool, dude. And especially now, with gas prices being freaking ridiculously high, it just makes so much sense to get an bro. electric car, bro, um, bro. Yeah, hey. and what's really and what's really cool about Tesla too is I didn't know is you can go in there completely customize and build your car and only put down hundred and fifty dollars and then you wait a year and and then a year later is when you pay for it really it you in for that price so yeah so it's kind of nice you know you 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 would say like, yep, yeah, I got my car but then you don't pay for it for a whole year and it makes it a little bit better. See, I think, well, this, the, of to, right
1: this makes me question you though, because you could have done this a year ago, knowing your contract was coming. Like you totally could have thought this through a little bit more, <laughs> and like, like planned this out better. That you could have been getting into your Tesla today, knowing that I the know. contract was on the way.
4: I know. well, I had to convince my wife; she was not like a full on um, board believer of the <laughs> Tesla. So when actually we this off season we saw a Tesla store and I'm like, I'm bringing you in right now. And we like <laughs> sat down with the guy and, Asked him every single question she had problems with, and every single one got like debunked. So I think she's now on board to get it. Oh, so. that's,
1: uh, that's great news! That is tremendous news. All right, we are hoping uh, that Pat and Haley will be able to join us for Project Runway because we know how much they care about show your soft side and the animals in our community, and we love that. Again, that is coming up. Once you to go to ProjectRunway.org right now, and you can get your tickets for Project Runway at Pier Six Pavilion this year. New location for the event on Friday, April. 29th benefiting show your soft side uh, of course it's as I always say it ain't prick it's P Rick P R I C 508 on Twitter that's how you follow him uh, Pat what else can I plug for you the t-shirts the Instagram what else can I get a plug in for
4: yeah so back for that Paul po- po- what is it project project, project runway, project runway yeah. yes so we are going nice we will be there. yeah so they contacted us and we're excited because my OTA is, is <clears throat> April 18th. I think that it starts. So we'll be in, we'll be in the area. So we're like, yeah, we'll be there. So we're going to be there. And I think, I think Nick Boyle always goes. yeah, so yep. Yeah. we're excited. It'll be awesome. We get to hold some kitties and walk down the runway, you know, scrub my stuff. That's
1: awesome. Draw up
4: the cats. Um, but yeah, besides that, um, who listen, listeners of the show know that I have a website. It's, thepatrickricard dot com. You can get a pancake pat T shirt, Project Pat swag, um, hoodie, shirts, there's masks, there's posters, there's uh oh yeah, I have like uh, like Pokemon shirts, but you know, not Pokemon because 'cause I'm not trying to remember Pokemon, <laughs> but I got Pokemon shirt. I think it's called like it's something it doesn't say Pokemon. It says something else. I forget. But uh they're pretty cool, dude. They're pretty sweet. Again, it's stevepatrickrickard.com. I also got a Cameo, so if you guys need video shout-outs, you can check me out on Cameo.
1: Besides that, man, that's about it. Hey, dude, we are so happy for you, for your family, and uh, for the city of Baltimore because you've done some wonderful things here, man. Looking forward to seeing you and talking to you more often. Always appreciate you taking the time for us, dude. Thank you. And and can't wait for Project Runway. That's awesome (laughs) news, man. Yes, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, brother. Patrick Ricard and the Baltimore Ravens. One of my favorites, you guys know that, um, and that's really wild. That story about him, him calling John Harbaugh, like I've I've just not heard that. I didn't know that Justin Tucker had done the same thing all those years ago. Like, hey man, could you step in here? Could you could you get involved in making this happen? And John Harbaugh saying, "Yeah, I will."
0: It's just another testament to the culture I- in in at. at- the, at the castle. I mean, people talk about it all the time. That's why so many players come here and say they feel like they're meant to be Ravens. When they leave, they come back, sign those one day contracts to retire as a Raven. I, I am, um, you know, I'm not
1: trying to, to, to paint too much into it, right? The deal might got, have gotten done anyway, mm-hmm. but I, I just don't know that that's something that happens everywhere. I just don't know that every player feels as though they can comfortably call a coach and say, hey, dude, I need to talk to you about this. This is where I want to be. And can you help make sure that this gets done? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. <clears throat> I'm sure like most coaches would say, all right, you know, whatever, give you the lip service. And, and as I said about Kevin Willard, winning is the thing that matters the most, of oh, course. Of course. Like that's what matters the most, but that ain't nothing. That ain't nothing. That is, um, that is good stuff, man. I appreciate that. All right, you want to try giving Marcus a call? Because, oh, no, never mind. We're not going to get to any breaks today. I, I got let me, let me start doing some commercials here. Let me start doing them now because we are struggling today in terms of breaks. First hour of today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. We move right along here on GCR. As I have, it's been a little while since we caught up with our next guest. Man, I love chatting with him when he was here in Baltimore. He has become a media mogul at ESPN, the Swagoo, of course, the Swagoo and Perk podcast, among about a billion places you hear him. He is former Baltimore Raven, Mr. Marcus Spears, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Marcus, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It has been too long, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us.
5: Glenn, what up, man? Paul, how y'all doing, brother? Good to talk to y'all again.
1: Everything is good, man. How comfortable? Dude, I knew when you were here, I was like, man, this guy's special. How much fun (laughs) are you having in this part of your life where you have become, and, and I hope you understand this, I'm not trying to be offensive, you you weren't Michael Strahan, right? You're not in the Hall of Fame, but like you basically are Michael Strahan at this point in your <laughs> life.
5: <laughs> oh man, uh, you know what, brother? Just just relationships, man, and and um, I'm I'm, I'm I still pinch myself at times. I got to be honest with you. I grew up in a family of of hard workers, like every day nine to five, two jobs at times. Um, my first job was digging fence post holes with my grandfather wow. in Alexandria, Louisiana. So I'm just appreciative of where I am, man. Um, the NFL was, was phenomenal and, and loved playing in the league. And, and that got uh, tiresome and, and hard because of health and all of that. But this this phase that I'm in now in television, it feels like it's where everything has been leading me to. Yeah. And um I'm just enjoying it, man. I'm enjoying it. The relationships, talking about a game I know in and out, I done put my ten thousand hours in in football. Um, but being able to branch out and talk about basketball, talk about social, cultural issues and stuff like that has been fun and it keeps me um it, it actually keeps it keeps me invigorated. Like I'm, I'm 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 I I wake up looking forward to things that, that may be talked about or, or give, given opinions, but also, just working with great
1: people, man. That's awesome, man. You are in, you're so good at it, bro. Like it's so insane Appreciate how good it, you man. are at this, and how personal. And we knew that from the time that we got to spend around you, man. You are yeah. you are truly one of the best, bro. Um, and you've been awfully defensive of Lamar Jackson during your time um, at ESPN. Yeah. You've been one of the more defensive people when it comes to Lamar Jackson. When you when you hear some of the almost absurd criticisms that are thrown around about one of the most transcendent talents we have seen in the history of the game. What do you feel? Like what, what we see you project, what are you feeling when you hear some of these criticisms about Lamar Jackson?
5: Oh, that, that people just love conventional. And when you say conventional, usually white quarterbacks that's tall and drop back guys that can throw the football far. um, and that's what it that's that's what's transitioning in the league now. You have white guys, the Josh Allen's, the Justin Herberts of the world, that are crazy athletes that are at the top of their games, and they're doing things. But you don't hear that same energy geared towards them. And I'm not making it a black-white issue, but Lamar came out of came out of Louisville, the Heisman Trophy winner, playing quarterback, and there were teams that wanted to see if he wanted to switch positions. Right. Um, and now that, you know, fortunately for him and, and being in Baltimore, man, just knowing how great that organization is. I know Ozzy is no longer there, but Ozzy was there when I got there, and, and Bashadi, it was a different experience, me leaving Dallas. And Harbaugh and seeing how they've invested in his tools and skill set and kind of built the thing around him with Greg Roman as well, it just, it's something that, it's it's criticized because it's it's not the norm and -hmm. it's different and he does things that are different and has a lot of success and people don't like wrapping their head around that because they had a preconceived notion that it would fail.
1: Right. And I think that's
5: what you get with Lamar. You just get that venom because it was this idea of what he was going to be in the NFL. And he's obviously exceeded that. Um, and even in the year last year where where the team was ravaged by injury um Lamar still put on his cape a lot, even with his injuries and was able to do it and and I criticized him for turning the football over as much as he was doing, and like I would do any other quarterback but ultimately, when you look at teams throughout the league and when you look at this the NFL and how it's currently constructed, and how difficult it is, and you guys have been covering it for a long time to win football games. The fact that this dude wins as much as he wins playing the position, the fact that everybody on that team loves him and rallies around him, I just feel like that's never talked about enough. Um, I feel like it's never talked about enough that that the Ravens without Lamar Jackson, we don't know what they would. Would be, and I know Tyler came in and did a phenomenal job in his backup role. But everybody was talking about, well, what about? I'm like, look, man, Lamar Jackson is different, (laughs) Right. right? And I've I've been I've been to the to the to the point of saying he's the best player in the NFL. And obviously, you can make arguments for a lot of guys, but but the way I the way I tally that is every single Sunday. Every team knows that if Lamar is not a superstar, they have an opportunity to beat the Ravens. And 98% of the time, he is. So it, yep. it, for me, it's what I'm watching. And you guys know that from covering me, man. What I see is is what I'm going to say and give an opinion about. Like when I was in Baltimore and I was released and everybody was reaching out to me like, hey, man, you, you okay? And I'm like, bro, I sucked. The guy that was <laughs> behind me was better. Like that's what this business is. So I'm I'm realistic and and I'm I'm gonna be I'm critical, but I'm also going to like all of these guys that play well that that end up under a lot of scrutiny because it's not conventional. I'm
1: always defending it, man. Uh, I I understand everything. Marcus Spears is with us here on GCR. You can watch him on NFL Live weekdays at four o'clock. Of course, Swaggoo and Perk with him and Kendrick Perkins. Um, I, I understand. I understand everything you're saying, Marcus. Let me follow it up by saying, um, there will still be people that will say, "Okay, but you, you can't pay him like these other quarterbacks. You can't pay him like Patrick Mahomes and like Josh Allen. You can't do that. And, yeah, you know, he's still he's one hit away from his career being disrupted, and all you know, as if all these other quarterbacks aren't one hit away from their yeah. careers being yeah. disruptive. Um. And, look, it is weird to us that, that it hasn't gotten done yet, right? Like, we're kind of confused right, right. about that in Baltimore. But but what do you make of that specifically, the idea that you couldn't pay Lamar Jackson $45 million a year just because his style is different than a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen or, in you know, Matt Stafford, insert name here?
5: Well, you guys know me. My response to all of that is, well, go find somebody that's better. Yeah. Good luck. It's as simple as that for me. Um, I understand. Like, fellas, we know. Like, we understand the narrative. Like, you can get heard, and they use examples. Who, Robert Griffin III, who was there. They use examples of guys that had early success, and then the injuries and all of that took, took a hold. We have never seen, and I will say this until I see another one, we have never seen a Lamar Jackson in the NFL. And people say, well, what about Michael Vick? Again, we have never seen a Lamar Jackson in the NFL. When Vic was playing, and I'm not talking about skill set of talent, because Vic, obviously, his skill set and talent and athleticism was crazy. Lamar Jackson is playing against Aaron Donalds. Mm. He's playing against Von Miller. Mm. He's playing against guys that, he's playing against D tackles that run 4 fives mm. and 4 fours. It's a different animal now. Like when Vic was playing, man, we still had three hundred fifty pound detappers that couldn't couldn't run or close a gap or close a lane fast enough if they had a free pass to it to stop Michael Vick from running. So when you like and, and without getting too deep in, like in, in football from X's and O's standpoint, the game is harder to play now. Do y'all see those athletes out there? <laughs> like, it's insane. The fact that, right? You know, Oway, the the young kid from Baltimore now, like that—that's a freak athlete. Um, and that's not the you know disregard any 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 of the old, but that's why Lawrence Taylor is considered the greatest defensive player ever because it, it was never seen before. Ron Miller talent in the nineteen seventies, he would have had forty sacks a season. <laughs> The Marcus where talent you would have you know, so we all know the game and how it evolves and all of that. So so I just like when it comes to Lamar man and, and to your point, like if you if you are going to be cautious, if you are going to be one of these franchises, fan bases, organizations that say, nah, we need to we need to be careful about paying this guy, then at what point do you want a real opportunity to win? Because when I see Lamar Jackson play, um I see a real opportunity to win every game you play in because that dude is your quarterback. Yeah, that's what you're paying for.
1: That's, that's it. You ain't
5: paying for the for the for the for the um, you ain't paying for the Super Bowl like this is going to happen right now, or because we paid this money we are gonna win the Super Bowl. No team would ever pay a player if they thought like that. Yep. You play for what you project. You play for what this guy has earned and what he's done on the field for your organization, and in his case off the field like all quarterbacks are judge, and it's the same argument i had with dak prescott okay you don't want to pay dak prescott 40 million dollars go find somebody better all of those dudes that's better they already paid correct correct so they're not available i, I just don't under- yeah they're not available so i don't I, the, the whole lamar now i don't to your point like i don't understand what's the hold up from his side or what kind of you know and there's a lot of parameters in, in contracts and things like that. But ultimately, if you don't pay Lamar Jackson, somebody else will.
1: Correct. Correct. I Frankly, and I got to be honest with you, Marcus, I said this a couple times. I, I don't know why, if they're, if the holdup is on the Ravens' side, I don't know why he hasn't demanded a trade. Like, look around, yeah. man. Look at no how desperate these teams are for quarterbacks in the NFL. Hey, man, listen, man. I, I
5: always... And, and and not to not to throw no shade, but I always bring it back to this reference, all right? And you guys use this as much as y'all want to. Kirk Cousins has made two hundred and thirty-nine 30 million dollars,
1: thirty-five million bucks to play
5: quarterback this season.
1: Kirk Cousins, and he's
5: won one playoff game, and he's been in the league five more years than Lamar Jackson. Yep, six more years. Yep. So let's let's just like let's just kill the whole idea that this is. This is a a, a, a big uh, bet. Yeah, it's a big bet. It's a big bet every time you pay somebody that kind of money. It was a big bet when Kansas City paid Patrick Mahomes that money and Patrick Mahomes didn't score a point in the second half against the Cincinnati Bengals. These are facts. You think the Chiefs fans are mad that Patrick Mahomes, they quarterback? No. No. <laughs> no. They got a shot every time they play. Oh. And that's what Baltimore has, so they better get it
1: done. I keep saying that all the time, dude. Oh, you got a quarterback, you got a chance. That's the way it works in the NFL. You don't have a quarterback, you got no chance. That's, that's it, the end man. of it. That's it. Mar- Marcus, I know I'm going to let you go because you're such a busy dude. I want. Can I squeeze in two with you real quick? Um, yeah, yeah, you got it. One would be... Look, the AFC is nuts right now. I mean, this is insane what you're looking at in the AFC. In the division, you now have Burrow and Deshaun Watson. The AFC West is murderers effing row, bro. It's like looking out and seeing the Avengers and the 92 Olympic basketball team. And it's just insanity. what is the difference for you right now in the Ravens being able to separate themselves somehow? We know they're a good team. We know they got a lot going yeah. for them. But what's the difference in them being able to run this now gauntlet that will be the AFC?
5: They are already separated. And that is why Lamar Jackson is so important to what the Ravens are. Um, I even floated when the Giants were talking about trading Saquon. I was like, Baltimore should look into that. Mm. Because you can play whatever style of offense you want to play with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, and you also look at that. Look at the way they play. You have to prepare for the Ravens differently than any team in the NFL. You cannot have a have a. a it's, it's a specific game plan, not just to Lamar, but just the way they play offense. And you guys know I've been talking. You got to evolve this passing game because I honestly believe. That with the evolution of this passing game, if Bateman continues to sin and Marquise continues on this path of playing well, and we know what Mark Andrews is. Yep. How do you stop them? Like I really. If they're healthy, right? Years, y- if you keep if them healthy, healthy how yep. do you stop them? And that's why I was so critical of Lamar turning the football over because in those games, even with the injuries that they suffered, they still had an opportunity to win those games. But it was his turnovers that that were critical and in critical moments. Yep. But ultimately, dude, like Deshaun obviously makes Cleveland tremendously better. Burrow in Cincinnati and what they were able to do this year, they are revamping that offensive line. Pittsburgh got Mitchell Trubisky. I'm not jumping over the moon like everybody else. I'm waiting to see how that situation will go. But when it comes to the Ravens, y'all know brand of football, the talent that you'll put People forget about J.K. Dobbins. This is good. It's a hell of a football yes, player. Yes, he is. Yeah. Like, it, and, and I just I just have I have always contended that the Ravens during the regular season will continue to win games, and they will get into the playoffs because it is so difficult to stop in game plan for them because you really don't know who to deploy and how to deploy them. I mean, if you spy Lamar, he may throw for 350 and four touchdowns. You you got counter schemes coming at you. You got jet sweep motions with Marquise. You got quarterback keepers with Lamar. It's just so much to defend. That's why they have success. And actually, that's why they could win games this year without having a full boat. But if they evolve that passing game, that is for the playoffs. That passing game is for the playoffs. The Ravens can get in the playoffs every year if they stay healthy with what they do. The evolution of the passing game is when they get to the dance. And now you gotta now you have to be able to do that when it's called on. And if they get to that point, yeah, man. I mean, it's a gauntlet. But but trust me, Cleveland Radio, Cincinnati Radio, Pittsburgh Radio is going to say, How do you get they gonna interview somebody that played for them teams and they gonna interview some me and I'm gonna be like well, the Ravens are there. That's a gauntlet you got to get through. I like so that. they, that's how they look at Baltimore. Like that. Too.
1: <laughs> All right, and we will keep this one short to wrap it up, dude. Um, you know, yeah. I, we were just talking to Patrick Ricard a second ago before you called in, and he was telling mm-hmm. us that you know he personally called John Harbaugh during free agency. Just picked up the phone and said, "Look, man, can you help me? I, this is where I want to be. Can you help me?" And John Harbaugh yeah. said, "Yeah, I, I will, one hundred percent." And it struck me, because I don't know, I haven't talked to a lot of guys about this specifically over the year. Maybe that is, it's common. Maybe that happens everywhere. But it seems to me like it's... No, that's
5: uncommon. It's uncommon.
1: Okay. It seems to me like it speaks to the culture in Baltimore. And you were in a few different places. And, you know, what was your experience like with the culture within this organization and just how different it might be than other spots around the NFL? It's,
5: It's... it it is as good as any, and you guys know I talk to a lot of guys as well. It is as good as any culture in in any franchise or organization, and I'm not just talking about winning. I'm talking about the people um, because that ultimately that's what the building is constructed of, and then the history of the guys that left there, Ray and, and uh, Sizzle and Ed, and they they left things for guys to attach to and still continue. To carry that on and and the generation changes the players change but the culture and the way things are fit and hardball like me and hardball was cool and i like him as a person i respect what he how he looks out for his player he actually made a mistake and called me about he called my number about getting ready for the offseason and what i needed <laughs> to do to get better and he was meaning to call marcus peters
1: no that's so funny
5: <laughs> and i said i said I said, I said, Coach, if, you, if you're not giving me any advice on how to be better for TV, you got the wrong number. <laughs> he started laughing and uh, asked me how I was doing and all of that. But, but ultimately, I think it boils down to with him, I play, he cares about the players, man. He cares about these guys beyond what they can offer as football players. And that don't always mean it ends well. Some guys get cut. Guys don't get contracts that they want. But ultimately, he gives that vibe, and I think guys respond to that man. And coming from Dallas, where you know you got an owner that's involved in everything, and Jerry, and you always see him. I saw Beshadi like twice, um, and and I just thought it was it was it was just well run. Everybody knew exactly what they were doing. They knew exactly what their jobs were. And I think when you feel comfortable enough, like Patrick Gouard, to pick the phone up, is because your coach is giving you an indication that you can
1: do that. Yeah. That's that's huge. Volumes, man. That's huge, man. Bro, we could do this for for hours. I know you got stuff to do. You know Um, it. (laughs) At at mspears96 on Twitter, at mspear96 on Instagram. Swagoo and Perk is the podcast. Again, NFL Live, weekdays at 4. Brother, I, I, you know, I love our conversations, man. I know you're a busy dude, and I know that you know you would love to do it more often. At some point in the future, we're gonna, we're gonna do it again, man, because you are the best. Absolutely. I'm so, I'm so happy for you and all the incredible success that you've had in your career, dude. It's, it's, it's awesome to see talented people shine. Um, good continued. Yeah, man, appreciate
5: it. And and look, too, man. It, it was. I had a wonderful experience, man. My kids were, my oldest two were very young, but they loved it. We lived in Ellicott City when we was there. Owens Mills. The people, in, the people were so good to me and to us, and um, it's a spe- that's a special place. Awesome. That was a time where I knew my career was winding down, and it was exactly what I needed it to be, from an organization standpoint, from roundabout town and 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 being around the fella. So it's always gonna be a special spot um, in my heart with the Ravens, man, and I the fans still tapped in with me. Like they still they still reach out. We still talk and and as brief as it was, it felt like it was it was worth it. Um so yeah, I'm 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 forever grateful, That's man, awesome, man. For, for the Ravens and, and that community for sure. And and you uh G and P. Dude, man.
1: Marcus, the the best to you, to your family, my friend. Let's talk again down the road. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. All right, brothers. We'll do. Y'all be well. Marcus Spears. God he's so good. Oh my God, he's so good. What an hour we just had! Kevin Willard, Patrick Ricard, Marcus Spears,
0: and we still got Drew Forrester to go. <laughs> yeah.
1: And and I admitted yesterday on Twitter a conversation with Marcus Williams that legitimately made me cry. That's I'm excited. That's still to come. Jesus, what a day! I apologize. I'm there. We got reads I got to do. We're, we're we're doing a show today. Uh, we got a hell of a show on tap. There's things I haven't been able to talk about. We'll we'll get to them. I hope you guys are enjoying this as much as I am. Today's show is also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. You need to be playing underdog because you can't bet yet on your phone or on your computer here in the state of Maryland, but you can feel like you're betting, playing player props, playing parlays with Underdog Fantasy Football, baseball, basketball, hockey. Plus, you put in the code PRESSBOX when you deposit $100. We'll match it with up to $100 uh, for you to play with for free. So, you put in 50 bucks, you get $50 of free money at Underdog Fantasy Football. And UnderdogFantasy.com or download the Underdog app. Marcus Williams is next up on the hot seat. So, New Ravens safety just signed a massive contract. Let's talk to him about that next. Glenn Clark Radio.
6: That first sip, that first bite.
1: Answering Baltimore's calls for help. Running in when others run away. Working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore Police. But the department needs more good people. People like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore Police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org.
0: Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline.
1: Glory Days Grill's St. Patrick's menu is now in full swing and it's their most popular seasonal menu all year. New in 2022 are their Smoky Thigh Wings with Guinness Grilling Sauce, a house-made Guinness barbecue sauce. Fan favorites also include their Corned Beef and Cabbage, the Shepherd's Pie with Guinness Braised Ground Beef, the Glory Days Reuben and the Rachel. Enjoy a pint of Guinness or Guinness Baltimore Blonde. The St. Patrick's menu is available for the whole month of March. Come in for great food, cold beer and basketball. out more about Glory Days Grill and get your order in online at glorydaysgrill.com.
0: Baseball is back. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. You can find us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon talking all things Orioles and Major League Baseball. Like the debuts of Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez. And how the rotation and bullpen are rounding into form. Watch us live at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. That's the bat live with the latest in baseball coverage every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon.
8: We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And
9: try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants.
1: All right, a couple things to cover. It's been a wild uh, wild ride so far on GCR. Thanks to Marcus Spears. Thanks to Patrick Ricard. Thanks to Kevin Willard all for joining us. Uh, Ian Rappaport and Tom Pellicero both reporting roughly the same thing. First Rappaport. Another blockbuster coming despite an offer from the Chiefs that would make superstar Tyreek Hill one of the highest paid receivers. Extension talks have stalled, and Kansas City has now given Hill's agent permission to seek a trade, sources tell me and Tom Pellicero. I I don't get that at all. Um, If you're Tyreek Hill, I do think it should be a mitigating factor that the Chiefs were a team that was willing to take a chance on you when no one probably should have. Um, Not a
0: chance in hell he cares about that.
1: Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt about it. Um, now, that being said, I, I get it. This is the way getting everything you can on the market is what, the way it, it sort of works for the players and their agents. Get every ounce of what you can get. And given Tyreek Hill's skill set and given the fact that, you know, these issues didn't impact Deshaun Watson at all on the market, I can certainly see why his, his representatives would say, nope, we don't give a rat's ass. We, can get, we think we can do better. And so we're going to look to be traded to a team that can do us better. Um, I have less than zero interest in that being the Baltimore Ravens. You all know how I feel about Tyree Kill. I, I don't care. I don't care how good of a football player you are. Same. Don't care. We'll never care. No is going to be my answer every time. I do not care. I want talented football players. As guys I'd, I'd be inclined to go after. No, zero, no chance would I be interested personally in Tyree Kill. Y'all can say whatever you want. Oh, you just want a bunch of choir? Nope. I'm very specific about it. Violence against women, sexual assault. I want you. Period. That's my line. I mean, murder, too, but I'd like to hope that we'd never be having that. Actual murder. You know, I'd, I'd like to hope that wouldn't be a conversation. No. No, no, no. End of the story. So... We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, I, the Chiefs are a vastly different team. Look, I get Patrick Mahomes is incredible. Travis Kelsey is incredible. But they are a drastically different team if they don't have Tyreek Hill. I mean, I we got to be honest about that. They are a very different team. Doesn't mean they won't be good. Doesn't mean they aren't a threat. But they're a very different team when they've had to play without Tyreek Hill over the years. So that is that is very noteworthy as we look at what's going on. Um, so there's that. I saw Jack Peterson was kind of going after indirectly going after the Orioles this morning. Um on Twitter, Jack Peterson shared out this uh, graphic, I guess. I mean, I don't know what you want to say this is, but it was something that was shared. Do you have it up in front of you by chance? I can't even. Sorry. Uh, Jack Peterson. I, I'll find it. I, I, uh, it wasn't too far on his Twitter, so I should be able to get it right now. Yeah, I got it. This is Young youngjock650 on Twitter. Jack Peterson shares out this a uh, tweet or part of a tweet, an image of a tweet from someone else that shows the Dodgers and the Mets and the Yankees of having the top payrolls and then shows the Guardians, Pirates, and Orioles hundreds of million dollars off with bottom payrolls. And Jack Peterson says, embarrassed for your fan base, be better. If you can't, sell your team to somebody that wants to show the fan base in baseball they're at least trying to compete. Sorry, unacceptable. And I have two conflating feelings about this because, one, Jack Peterson is a player, so I, I can't really hold it against him that he wants the teams in general to spend more money.
0: And I'm all, pretty sure he was involved in the negotiations. Yeah, all, with the all players want that.
1: Yeah. Now it's a it's far more complicated than he's pretending it to be. It's far more complicated than that. That's not he would say it's not my concern. My concern is one thing. Spend money. Spend money, you got a better chance of winning, you make more money. That's the way it should work. And inherently individually, that's not incorrect necessarily. But we all know there's more complications to it. We all know that inherently Los Angeles and New York markets are going to have the opportunity to profit more than Cleveland and Pittsburgh and Baltimore. That doesn't mean the Orioles shouldn't spend money. It doesn't mean the Orioles can't be profitable. But we can't pretend like it's an even playing field either. Both things are true. I'll call out the Orioles for decisions they make. If they don't start spending money in the coming years, I will call them out for that but to pretend like everything is even and every market can spend exactly the same way every other market does spits in the face of what we know to be factual about baseball. It is not equitable. Not like the NFL where they share the revenue. Local revenue is supreme when it comes to baseball. Does it make it okay the Orioles are spending $30 million? Again, knowing what they're doing right now, I get it. But that's got to change. Must change. This is the end of the line for acceptance of them spending less money. That must change moving forward.
0: Oh, I think that this is absolutely, in my mind, and this is what I have to believe or I'll go crazy, this is the last year that they aren't going to spend money because you have all your top prospects – for the most part, are graduating this year. You see what you have, and then you go fill the holes next off season to... Where you start to. Anyway, where, where right, you start yeah. to fill the holes. The Orioles, at this moment, they're not three superstar players away from contending and on top of that they're not going to go sign somebody to block one of their top prospects that's not how a rebuild works they're going to see how these guys do on the field and they'll supplement with talent moving they had better because there is always
1: there is always the flip side which is you just perpetually end up being the team that doesn't and that's the thing that some people within baseball that's the marlins concept right Mm -hmm. like Nope, we're just never going to spend money. Deal with it. Maybe we'll get lucky.
0: But I, I look at what Mike Elias said he was going to do in his opening press conference. And, I, w- and he has checked every single box. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Next it's one d- is winning. It's got to happen. It it's got to happen.
1: Or I will. I promise you, I will start. You know, John wanted us to yell about the broadcast. And we've yelled plenty about the broadcast thing. They should put the games on TV. I am with 100%. you. You know that. I, I just yelled about it so much that yelling about it again is is sort of redundant for me. I'll start yelling about it. It wasn't now. I, w- I would have been in for Carlos Correa, but as I said, not given the opt I mean, It just made, would have made no sense for the Orioles. But they got to start doing it in the next couple of years. All right. Um, hey, just a quick reminder that you should know the risks and have a plan before you start gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1 800 Gambler or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. We had to do this yesterday because of his schedule, and it was a really special conversation. New Baltimore Ravens safety Marcus Williams with us here on GCR. Well, as you know, our next guest was introduced as the newest member of the Baltimore Ravens just last week here in Owings Mills. He is one of the best free safeties in the entire NFL. It's a pleasure to welcome him for the first time to GCR. Mr. Marcus Williams who's now with us Marcus, it's Glenn here in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time and congratulations again on becoming a Baltimore Raven.
10: Man, I appreciate it. Happy to be on, happy to talk with you guys this morning.
1: It's great to hear your voice, dude. I was really, you know, I don't want to be redundant because I know you answered so many questions while you were here last week. Um, I remember at one point you you kind of were honest and you were like, "Man, I don't know that it's really hit me yet." And I was just wondering in you know, having a weekend removed and starting to get a sense of how your life has changed, ha- has it really hit you? Have you had a moment to kind of reflect on how significant this is for you, signing a big deal and becoming a Baltimore Raven?
10: Man, I think it definitely hit me uh, over the past couple of days, being able to digest it and you know, kind of fill it out. Um, but I know it will hit me a little more once I'm actually there with the team, you know, sure. bonding with those guys, getting ready for the season. But it's definitely life-changing just being able to you know, go from being a young kid to to now being in the NFL, living out my dreams is definitely a dream come true all over again.
1: I, I was thinking a lot. You know, what you just brought up—that life changing—I I know this might sound like a dumb guy question, but like, does that look different from one day to the next? Like, you do you? Does your life change at all when when you sign a deal this big, or do you like just go back and like, nah, it's it's just I'm going to get ready for work. It's just the work's going to be a different place. Like, is there any way that life really changes? From from last Monday morning to this past Monday morning, I don't
10: think it, it it changes in in a in a big way for me. I've I've always been about my business and all that work, and you know, just signing this, it, it's not going to change the way I I approach things. I've always approached things with you know um my hundred percent. So th- doing this is not going to change the way I work. Uh, I, I I don't ever want to go and go into something thinking oh. Um, I only gotta do this to be at this point because because I'd rather be prepared for an opportunity, um, every single time, even if I don't have the opportunity. So I think I, I still have I, I'm still in the same mindset. I I was still, you know, preparing the same way and I, I just got right back to business. Um, but it's definitely it's definitely a, a great opportunity to, you know, to go to another organization who who's always in contention, you know
1: can i ask it this way i i was talking to um our buddy mike nolan right who was here in baltimore for a long time does some broadcast stuff and i know it was down there in new orleans at one point with you working with the linebackers down there and i was asking him about you and he was like well when i was there marcus wasn't like the most vocal guy because you were you know a young guy right like you you weren't that place D- does any part of signing a deal like this does it make you say like hey man i'm i might need to you know, to become more of a leader, like that, that this is the way that it works when, when you get a big free agent deal and when you're being paid a certain amount, does any of that come along with it that, that I need to take on more leadership now as I move into this role with the Ravens?
10: Well, you know, after he left, um, I probably became a little more vocal, but my, my actions always louder than my words. I'm, okay. I'm I'm a hard worker and you can see that I'm a leader by the way I work, by the way I prepare. Um, and i lead in I lead in different ways. I may not be the raw rah guy, but I am the guy who's like, "Hey, we need to do this i'm not gonna I'm not gonna yell at you, but I also know how to speak to someone because the you know the way you speak to someone and the way they they can take what you're saying to them is 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 a is a big is a big uh factor to being a leader not not every leader needs to be the person who's always standing out, but there's always there's also leaders who you know, who are, who's behind the scenes, who's okay. This is what we got to do. Who's con- con- directing people in the right way and speaking to them the way they want to be, you know, spoke to. I, I'm, I'm that type of leader. I, I may not, I mean, I always, you know, yell, but I do stick my <laughs> mind. When it's time, you know, when we're in the game or if we're in the film room, I'm going to speak up. So I do speak up. I I am a leader and, you know, I, I've always been a leader since I was, since I was young. And, you know, it, it, it's just going to continue to carry over. Um, you know, I'm not going to come in here and try to, you know, force force my way or anything. Right. I'm going to come in here and just be the same person i bit.
1: It's so funny you talk. We, uh, and, and we compare a lot to, um, of course, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed because they were icons here in Baltimore. And everybody thinks of Ray as being that, you know, when you say rah-rah, you're, you're literally describing Ray Lewis, right? But you'll talk to guys and they'll be like, hey, uh, Ed Reed was way more, like, impactful to me because when he did talk, I knew it was important. I knew... I needed to listen because he felt like he needed to say something at that point. Are, are you more that type that like, you're not going to say a lot, but when you do, maybe people should be listening. Cause it's really important. Yeah.
10: I just, you know, I just do, I just lead the way I know how to lead. Sure, uh, I may not lead how Everybody else thinks I should lead but I lead in the way that I think is best suit for the situation. Uh, but something something in that way but i i do speak my mind i speak up when i when you know the time presents itself um i mean i'm not very shy but i i don't always need to be you know the person standing up in front of the team meeting room giving a speech
1: uh, i i respect that man i respect that a lot marcus williams is with here us here on glenn clark radio um, Marcus, I was really moved by, by how much you were talking about Eric Weddle last week, um, and, and I want to know more about how that relationship, like, we, we both know, you know, we know you're both Utah guys, but you're not the same age, right? There was clearly no crossover there. How did that relationship come about that you ended up, you know, sort of seeing him as a guy that you would text with and, and you would get, you know, information from? How did all that happen?
10: Well, I met him actually one time when I was at Utah, and I'm like, wow, that that's Eric Weddle. I mean, I... I never really watched pro sports but I'm like, okay, this guy's in the NFL. I never really met any NFL guys until I got to to college. So seeing that and seeing and then going back and looking at him and seeing what he does on, on TV, I'm like, wow, that's somebody who I wanna be like and then I, I actually got into contact with him. I can't remember how, but we we got numbers. I talked to him and it's and it's like this this guy is a professional in the way he works he he's you know he's a family man and he also went to utah so it's like okay this this is how i want to be i want to be somebody who who's able to be a leader And he may not be get all the you know recognition that he deserves but you could see that he was one of the top
1: safeties yeah. in
10: the nfl for a long time so
1: that was really cool man and 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 you reached out to him and he was receptive and and you kind of built a relationship from there
10: uh, yes, of course, yeah. So I I'll probably try to link with him in the off season, uh, pick his pick his brain a little bit more. Um but yeah, he you know, he's a great guy. He's always responding whenever I text him or so he he's just somebody that
1: I've I've looked up to since being in the league. That's awesome, man. I'm fascinated by you saying you didn't really watch pro sports. Like like any like you didn't have like a basketball team. you weren't like a Lakers fan or anything like that. You just weren't into pro sports. I just I just Grew up playing sports. I
10: grew up just playing everything and anything. I I just never really watched it. I was just an outside kid playing outside in the front yard, um, around the neighborhood. I really never just watched sports to watch it. I, I I've never been like a oh I need to watch sports. I'd rather just go out there and play. It.
1: I, I dig it. I dig it, man. But most of uh, The guys like me, we weren't good enough, so we had to watch sports and have that thing. But that's cool, man. That's cool that you were just... That's the way it was. Do, do you wa- find yourself watching anything else now? Like, do you... If there's a football game on a Monday night and you're not playing, do, do you have any interest in watching other games?
10: You know, now that I've actually been in it, sometimes I catch myself, like, turning it on in the background and then... But when I'm watching it, sometimes I'm watching it as if I'm watching film. Yeah. So then it's like, okay, I'm watching film on this game. Oh, we play them. But, I mean, it's like, oh, that's cool. But, yeah, it's, I mean, I'll watch it here and there, especially if I'm going to play the team in the next coming weeks or something.
1: Let me tell you, I want to know about your path to football, Marcus, growing up. Was football always the sport for you, or did you play basketball? Did you play other sports? How did it end up being that you became a football player?
10: yeah of course i played I played basketball growing up that was my first sport um and then when I was about eight years old, I got into tackle football so I've been playing tackle football since I was about eight years old and I mean I used to play running back, you know stuff like that when you're you were a kid in high school I played receiver really and then i guess one one day one one game, one of my friends got hurt. Uh, in the game and I actually got thrown in the game I had three interceptions that year I mean that game sorry I had three interceptions that game that he got hurt and then I got offered to play safety so that's kind of how I began to play safety really because I've always been really an offensive player but
1: yeah, I mean, if you can go Once get the like football that. like that, yeah, I mean, obviously people are going to be interested in you at that point. Was, was, was right. it was that when you knew? Like, I always like to ask, when did you know you were going to be able to do it like for the rest of your life or as a vocation? Was Was that the moment where it like hit you? Like, uh, I might I might have a skill that other people don't have. This might be something I can keep doing at a really high level. I've I've
10: always had confidence in myself, and I've always felt like I could do anything. I just you know, once I once I got to college and I developed my skills for safety, because I really didn't play much safety in high school. I played, like, a couple of games, maybe three games at safety. So once I got to college, my, my coach, Morgan Scalley, pretty much helped develop me into somebody who watches film, who's, you know, getting go getting the ball. You know, he, he pretty much taught me how to be a safety because I really didn't play it. So once he started teaching me, I started getting the love for it more. And then I, you know, I was like, I could do this. You know, I could, I, I always said I could do anything. And, you know, there's always going to be doubts, and people say you can't. So that, that just pushed me a little more. And, you know, now we're here now.
1: I mean, it's worked out okay for you. It's worked out all right for Marcus <laughs> Williams, who's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, Marcus, I, I was really moved when you were talking about your family at the press conference and, and, and you got a little emotional there and I did not know some of your story. I was, I found out about how you got plugged in with the V Foundation and a lot of the loss that you've experienced in your life. Um, for people in Baltimore that maybe don't know that side of the story, could you tell us a little bit about a lot of the loss that you've experienced and, and why maybe it's made your relationship with your family perhaps even stronger and and maybe what we saw as you were talking about them during your press conference.
10: Yeah, so uh, I've lost quite a few of my family members to, to cancer, um, whether it's breast cancer or lung cancer. And, you know, it, 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 it just shows me how that you need to cherish the, the family you have, the friends you have that much more. You know, I never take a day for granted because, you know, that time is short. We never know what can happen today, tomorrow, in a couple of hours. So I just relish it. I, I cherish my family. I cherish my friends. And um, it's just it's just a blessing that I was able to have them there with me. Um, I, I have more people in my life that are just as close to family as my own immediate family is. And, you know, I always make sure that they know that they're appreciated, um, whether it's a text or a call or it's just coming over to the house and having family time. But, yeah, just just being able to, to express you know, my emotions, even, even with the, my cause, my cleat. Yeah. Putting my grandfather on it. He passed away from lung cancer a couple of years ago and um, he's been there with me and he basically, he basically taught me a, a whole lot about, you know, never giving up. And, you know, even when times are hard, even when you're at your worst, you, you still can fight through and be happy and, and just continue to be yourself. His, his last words to me basically were I go out there and, Give us your all and, and never give up. He he told me go be the best safety in the NFL, and that was pretty much the last words I heard from him. He said, "I love you," and and then after that, it was you know he passed away a week later. But but I, you know I still think about him all the time. I think about all my relatives who have passed away from it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's uh it's crazy how how fast how fast things can change your life.
1: Bro, I, I'm I'm admitting to you that I'm a softy now cuz I got two kids. Um I got a 7-year-old, I got a 4-year-old and I'm soft as hell ever since they came along. But bro, you um you just you just moved me right there. Like uh it is dusty in this room right now. You talking about what your grandfather told you before he passed away and 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 how that's driving you. Um that that's incredibly and 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 so fitting that you got hooked up with the V Foundation, right? Don't give up. Don't ever give up, right? Like a really fitting sort of comparison. Is that a partnership that you're looking to continue with them?
10: Oh, of course. I mean, I, I, I love the partnership. Um, we'll see what we have in store for the future, um, definitely.
1: All right. I want to know about – so you, you talked about them, and, and it was really really interesting listening to you talk about what happened in, in Minneapolis because at first it sounded like you just sort of were treating it like it's a football play, man. Things happen. Um, and then I heard you talking about how how your family was there for you in the aftermath of that. Can can you tell me about a little bit more about that? Which was was it easy for you just to say, "Hey, look, football plays happen sometimes." You know, I, it was it was interesting listening to you talk about going for turnovers. Sometimes there's going to be friendly fire, right? When you're going for the football, w- was it easier for you to compartmentalize that? You know, all the attention that it got, and just say, "Look, man." I, you know, in the same, these things are going to happen because I'm trying to make a play. I'm trying to be a playmaker.
10: You know, it, it, to me, it's kind of crazy that whenever anybody ever talks about me, they have to bring up the Minneapolis, you know, play. Like, out of all the years, I've been, you know, I've been one of the top safeties in the NFL, but the only, the only thing that people recognize me is for that. At the end of the day, if you look at all the other film, you're like, this dude is a player. Right. And I know what type of player I am, so, I mean, you can watch any other guys. You think any other guys in the, in the NFL are not going to make a mistake or not going to mess up or miss a play, but that's just not the reality. The reality is, you know, at any moment, you know, it's just the inch. Like, anything anything can happen in any game. And, I mean, I, at the end of the day, that play happened. It's over. And, you know, I got up, shook it off, and we're here six years later, and I'm still one of the top safeties in the NFL. Yep. I mean – PFF is going to grade me high. You know, I I just do everyday in and day out at work. I just got off the field working out and it's like, okay, when you guys finally realize let's play let's play a different play out there. Let's play Marcus getting an interception on NFL <laughs> network. Let's play Marcus getting an interception on,
3: you know, because
10: that's who I am. You see me getting interceptions, you see me making big plays. So that That's what you are. That's what you. That's what you do. That play is not going to define me. That play will never define me. People can bring it up, and it is what it is. But at the end of the day, look where I'm at now. I'm still doing it. I'm still striving. I didn't quit. I didn't let it beat me down. And I'm still. I'm still going out there and balling every week.
1: Uh, man, that's clear there's a reason why we're excited to have you here in baltimore just another minute or two here with marcus williams marcus I, w- I wanted to ask you about marked as winners and and your brand and and what that means to you and how it came about um what does that term mean marked as winners
10: it is basically what i just spoke about right now marked as winners we we are all marked as winners in in our own given way to me it could be in your in your work, whatever you do, you could be a teacher, you could be a lawyer, you could be a doctor, you could be a, you know, a a coach, but whatever it is, you are marked as winners. When you, when you realize I will not let anything stand in my way. I will not let anybody tell me I can't do something. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to be relentless in my pursuit of greatness. So we are all winners in our own way. Your success is not someone else's success. You have to be successful in your own way and what you define as success. So for us, for me, being marked as a winner is never giving up, never backing down, mm-hmm. and, and staring adversity in the face and saying, I will overcome this adversity. I will be the best version of myself that I can be.
1: I mean, that's that's powerful. It's a powerful message. Um, it's something that, that, that the brand's going to – is there a chance we can get, like, some, some purple gear now for the brand moving forward? Can, can we maybe work on that in the coming months?
10: Hey, yeah, we go, we're gonna work we're gonna work on some new designs so we can so we can have that that uh, purple in there for sure.
1: I like that. I like the sounds of that. And then the last, I, I want to know about you as a gamer. How how did that come about? I know you got a, a Twitch uh, stream. Um, has gaming always been something that you've been into? Where, where did that come from?
10: Man, I, I've been gaming since I was since I was younger. Whether it was a uh, Dreamcast, PlayStation. 1. Okay, well,
1: right, What was when you were playing Dreamcast? What was the go-to game for you as a child playing Sega Dreamcast?
10: Man, Dreamcast. We were playing that. It might have been NBA Live. We were playing NBA Live on that. Heavy.
1: Uh, I- you weren't even a, like, but you weren't even a pro sports fan. Who were you playing as when you were playing NBA? Live? I was playing
10: with the Lakers. I was uh, playing with right. the Lakers. Say,
1: Southern me. California. I get it. I I'm get Cali-
10: it. I'm a California boy, so I was right. playing with the Lakers. And, I mean, I never watched sports like that, but I played games. So <laughs> that's how I knew who some who, who the people were. Though, I, I mean, I wasn't like blind to you know good players. I just I never feel watched the
3: religious.
1: I feel you, man. Else. I feel you. And you, when when did you become a, a streamer? And how much fun is that for you? you know, um, having people involved and, and getting to see that side of your life.
10: Man, it's, it's, it's actually fun. I barely started a year ago streaming, and it's it's exciting. Just watch, letting people watch me. I mean, I may not get so many streams, but people need to start watching my stream. So uh, I'll be on there heavy playing Call of Duty, um, but it's fun. I'll, I'll, I'm yelling, I'm screaming, I'm having a good time. I put my dog in the camera sometimes, but it, it's, it's definitely fun. I love streaming, and...
1: It's it's something that I enjoy doing. I probably do it I probably play every single day, but That's awesome, man. That's, that's awesome. That's a beauty. The Twitch stream, it's at uh, babymagicmagik m a G I K thirty two, correct? That's where people can follow you on Twitch. Yeah. Awesome, yes, man. Sir. Let's get all the other plugs in too while we're at it. On Twitter at Marcus Williams, on Instagram yes, at Marcus Williams, and then marked as winners.com in order to get the gear, correct? Yes, sir. Go check all that out. Uh, Give me one thing that that you're dying to do now that you're in Baltimore, that that when you get back up here, you want to go experience now that you're going to be in Baltimore for the foreseeable future. They,
10: they told me to go check out the crab cake, so I guess that's my first thing i got to stop
1: and do. Yeah, man. It's got, look, dude, you've been in a hell of an eating town in New Orleans, right? I don't know how you've been able to stay in shape, because whenever I go to New Orleans, I come back a week later and I weigh about 40 pounds more. I have no idea how you guys do it. It's an unbelievable town. But you're not going to be let down when you get to experience the seafood up this way. I promise you that. Uh, Mark- but, well, I'm ex- Marcus, I really appreciate you taking the time for us, man, this morning. This has been a, a, a lot of fun getting to know you, and, and you have really moved me with the story about your family and your grandfather and how it's pushed you, dude. We can't wait to see you out here on the field. Thank you for taking the time. Look forward to having you back here and getting to know you a little bit more. All right? Yeah, no doubt. Thank you for having me on. This Marcus Williams, bro. I, I, when he started talking about his grandfather's dying words to him, you know, go be the best safety in the NFL, I've – That's some powerful stuff right there, man. That's some really powerful stuff. Appreciate Marcus Williams taking the time for us this morning as we continue to move along here. By the way, apparently the Tyreek Hill thing is moving along too. Adam Schefter already says it's looking like Tyreek Hill is going to be a
0: dolphin or a jet the hell is going on why would you want to go play for the Dolphins or the Jets if the Chiefs just offered you generational wealth I
1: mean this it really does come down to getting every penny that you possibly can and this is the thing that we got to be we have always convinced ourselves that other things being with a quarterback matters being in a place where you're happy whatever it is it really is coming down to we want to get every penny that we possibly can get I ain't gonna knock somebody for that but go have fun you end up with the Jets Go enjoy that experience, you know. Ask Ask Levy on Bell, how that worked out. Yeah, uh, not that ain't gonna affect me because you know I got no love lost for Tyree Kill. If Tyree
0: Kill wants to go take a year off, by all means, take five. Get, yeah,
1: take five. The rest of your I life. A hundred percent on board with that. All right, uh, reminder: if you missed simply the bets yesterday, we do it every Tuesday at eleven forty a.m. You can find it at pressboxonline.com/slash/video or YouTube or Facebook on the Pressbox pages. Tomorrow, uh, Weekend at Bookies is back. Andrew Stecka, Brad Feinberg from Bet Prep will be with us. Try to help us make some money this weekend. It's all brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Drew Forrester is next. Glenn Clark Radio. <laughs>
9: help.org The newest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland Men's Basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship, as Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now, two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farms stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles Ravens and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com Answering Baltimore's calls for help. Running in when others run away. Working together toward one shared
1: vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore Police. But the department needs more good people. People like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore Police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org.
8: Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars
1: is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR. Apparently we're on top of everything else having some technology problems, but that's nothing new. We've been through that a time or two over the years, and we yet here we are. We still managed to, to push through, and what a show it's been, thanks to Marcus Williams, thanks to everybody who's joined us so far. Boy, would it be just a real shame if we missed out on Forrester. What a bummer that would be, man. I would just you'd hate to see that happen hey if uh, if you missed on monday night stan the fan charles and ross grimsley had a great show with dave trembley the former Orioles skipper who's now a part of the mlb draft league if you missed that find it facebook.com slash pressbox sports slash video go find it in those places i have put up would you rather wednesday scenarios brought to you by Bl- glory days grill not surprisingly they've been lost in the shuffle of everything else that's been going on this morning. We'll try to get to him with Forrester here in a second, but there's been a lot going on. We've had a lot to do. It's just it's 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 what it is. Did you really just apologize to him? Yeah, What did you, you didn't really just apologize to him?
0: He sounded dejected, man. He he Dejected? He he, he was like, Hey, I I'm good. Right, I don't, bring I don't bring have him a up. lot of time. Bring
1: him up. Bring him up. What 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 what's wrong with you? What what's it's going on?
0: What? I I
8: have stuff going on. Uh, you guys have? are late. And what do you, what do you have going on? Right. I just I have things going on. And like, you guys are late. And you guys had uh, Wilhelm on. And I yeah, get well, it. There but,
1: you go. There you go. Uh, I uh, I had that on my bingo card for what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk sports. Hurry up. I got to go to acupuncture. What what time's your acupuncture? What are you doing? No. New- you got, noon, you got a noon acupuncture. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so here's what I have for you. I want I right. to see if I the get you. That's to be good. I want to well, see I, if I... I do I I I it's got to do with the Masters. No, I don't care about that. Well, I mean, I will talk. Actually, Actually, honest to God, but we're, we're, we're saving it because you got acupuncture. I don't know if you heard. Um, I, I want to know. I want to see if I can get you worked up and get Paul worked up. Do you care about the Orioles ending up in arbitration with Trey Mancini and John Means?
8: I don't know. I don't care about anything the Orioles do, but this is stupid. Okay, there we go. Alright, now now explain why to you do, think... To it- do this, because they only have five good players, and to do this to these two guys is a joke. Okay. Uh, it, it really is. It, uh, it is all optics. In the same way that not sending the announcers on the road is just all optics. But it's what they do. They specialize in this clown shoes, amateur hour garbage. Just give these two guys the money, and you'll, you've already seen over the last two years, because they're the only good players you've had, that they will be more than accommodating when it comes to a re- return on the investment.
1: It's Paul, a joke. Paul Valley, how would you like to respond?
8: Oh, I don't even care. No, Anybody
1: no,
0: well, of course, Drew doesn't care. It's a joke. No,
1: no, I'm letting Paul respond, okay? It's you, a sed- joke. you settle down.
0: One, I'm under the impression that both sides file separately. I don't believe that Trey Mancini said, hey, I like 8 million. Euros. We're like, okay, well, we, we'll give you 7.3. I don't think that's what happened. I think both sides filed separately. And then they'll, they'll what they always do, they'll meet in the middle. It's not like the Orioles are operating through the arbitration process any differently than any other major league team you look at the st. Louis the, the Orioles are different than every other team in baseball they're a joke yeah okay yeah uh, hey you're, look you're <laughs> not on, gonna, you're, you're not gonna get an argument from yeah. me that, 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 the, that the Orioles need to put more money <laughs> come on. into this roster anybody, I know you do a baseball show and you've got to be in good stead over there no, this no, is no amateur on, come hour come on. stuff I am I'm, I'm not a company man <laughs> as I was called last night this is, this what is ha- amateur hour it's y- 600 grand it's parking fee at Fells Point you okay, and I. Okay. But what about the last four years has given you any heightened expectations that the Orioles would do anything other than what they just <laughs> did? Everything Exactly. They just kept the so that's on you. Because they don't want to give them $34 so, more dollars a day per diem. So if you're upset about
8: this, that's your fault. <laughs> I'm not upset at all. If I anybody is. Laughable. That's, that's on you for la- being upset No, no, no. It isn't on you. It's not on the fans to it's not on the fans to diminish their expectations for a team that gets $15 a month from you and I to watch the games it's not on us to lower our expectations they should operate They've like a major given league team. There's and, no and reason not like to think Marlins. that they will And but... that might be a disrespect to the Marlins, frankly.
0: <laughs> I, I just, look, there are, there are plenty laughable. of things. They, they haven't signed legitimate starting pitching. They don't have a shortstop on their roster right now that, that should be starting <laughs> right. every day. But we check get, we, the season's only eight days away. We, we can we can get upset about that. Uh, an arbitration process. I'll give you an example. The St. Louis Cardinals. Tyler O'Neill. I don't care about uh, the Cardinals. But, the Cardinals but, have won more games in April than we've won in 10 years. But, but still, Tyler O'Neal had a better year than the MVP last year, and they shorted we'll him $750,000 uh, for, for this year. Can we year. please talk about the Masters? No, just I'm please. Why'd so you do this it, to me,
1: Clark? Because I thought it was going to go this way, and I wanted to have fun. Oh, my God. This is good Anybody content.
0: that defends these goofs. I'm just, not defending them. I'm just not getting upset about it. There are so many other things to get upset about. This is not one of them. This happens with every team in baseball for the history of eternity. And getting upset about something like this is stupid. And you're just upsetting yourself for no reason. There's I'm no reason. I'm not upsetting to get myself yourself.
8: for no reason. It's the baseball team. Where is this place?
1: I missed the You're turn. For the about YouTube your acupuncture. Creeps. All right, let me let me step in for a second. Oh, right? here it is. Let me step in for a second. I have two thoughts about this, right? Oh, I might have missed the turn. Let's settle down over there. Nobody cares. Um, I have two thoughts about this. The first being. Here it is. A relevant point that Drew could make would be to say, "Fine, this is your number. Now you know what it is. He's Trey Mancini. Just meet him at his number."
0: I don't disagree do, with do that. Do the right just thing. Just give him the six hundred grand. This. Meet
1: him at his number. Right. Stop trying to fight about these petty, nonsensical things and pissing off people in your fan base, and just say, "That's your number. Fine. It's literally six hundred thousand dollars different. You're Trey Mancini. You've been the one respectable thing about this organization for some time. We're just going to give you the money now." Somebody that is in a a front office capacity somewhere could tell me you can't ever, you just can't give guys free money for the sake of giving guys free money. Yeah, I know. You know, God forbid. We we can we can do this forever, but I don't think there's someone would be wrong to say specifically Trey Mancini. And we do have to acknowledge we get more emotional when we talk about Mm -hmm. Trey Mancini than we do with any other player because of what he's been through. But there would be nothing wrong with the Orioles saying, look. Just give the money. You want to fight with John Means, go fight with John Means, right? Just give the damn money to Trey Mancini so you don't have to go through this, so you don't have to deal with this nonsense publicly.
0: For, for the record, I think they should give him the money. I'm not defending them not giving him the money. I'm just not. It doesn't move the needle for me. Right, it it just right. doesn't move the needle. All right.
8: All right. Now, by the way. Might as well just wear the bird costume.
0: <laughs> settle down. Settle down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go have a hot dog in a hot tub, man. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm done with get, you. Hot dogs in the hot tub. I'm, I'm done with <laughs> you. He hey, hey,
1: he's he's worked up because he's gotta go to a Limp Bizkit concert and you would be worked up too. Okay? That's if true. you had that to, is if true. you had to go to a Limp Bizkit show, you'd be mad too, all right? But now, I'm still I'm still pretty sure he was going the whole time. He was going anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you got to keep <laughs>
0: rolling, 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 man. I'm telling I, you. But I will add correct. in
1: one more thing. I have not talked enough about them not sending the broadcasters on the road. And it's a joke. It's there's it no is laughable. There is no defense of it. There is nothing. You can't no one can come up. I can come up with a, "Hey, this isn't how you run your front, you know, you" If you run a team, if you run any company ever, you do have to, to, to be tight on your money, and you can't just give people money for the sake of it. Can, I can do that. I don't agree with it, but I can do it. There is no justification at all of not sending the broadcasters on the road. It cannot be justified whatsoever in any way. It's, that's, it's, it, to use a Drew's word, it is laughable, 100%. It's laughable that that's the route they're going to go to start this It's
0: a bigger deal to me than the arbitration thing.
1: That's interesting. That's interesting too. All right, uh, so tell me why it is the Phil Mickelson I don't really understand this. Can Phil Mickelson not play in the Masters because of Phil Mickelson or is it because the Masters won't let him?
8: Well, I don't it- think anyone's really figured that out yet. I mean, you got three it's there are three three issues, right? He has he been suspended by the tour? Right. That's the first question. Number two, even if he were suspended by the tour, the Folks at Augusta could say he's playing an hour event, right? Because th- th- their event is their event, so they could say that. They could say he's playing an hour event, and that's just the way it is. And the tour would say, "Okay," uh, and I don't know that they particularly care for it, but they they would just say, "Okay." And then the third thing is, is it Phil just saying, "I'm really not ready to go back into this arena." and get all these questions and get this scrutiny and go in there to try to win this tournament. And I'm going to be the entire, you know, not the entire, but I'm going to be a significant part of the storyline. And I'm just not really ready for it. Um, I, I, my own, my guess, cause there really isn't any, there isn't a rumor. There isn't really a rumor that he's been suspended. There's just conjecture. And a little bit of it is kind of based on the way Jay Monahan talked to Mike Tirico when Tariko said, would Phil be welcomed here at the Players' Championship? Monahan's body language and the look on his face and just the way he responded, well, Phil stepped away, so that's a moot point. Like, he, he made it look, it looked like, and again, it's an optics thing, it looked like he was uncomfortable when he answered that. In the same way that when Tiger was asked by Tom Rinaldi, what happened that night? when you were pulling out of your driveway tiger said eh, it's on the police report
1: right
8: he, tiger's face didn't look good when he said that like you you know it was pretty clear tiger didn't want to answer the question and he had not yet perfected or maybe he had he had not perfected his ability to shield that shield away from that question so monahan's response was a little suspect, I
1: thought. Mm-hmm. But there, there might, there again, might be. He didn't, he didn't say no. He'd be welcome here if he, he was. He just avoided. Correct. He didn't he say didn't, that. Right. And, and he said, "Well, it's a moot."
8: He Phil stepped away. It, it's a moot point. That's not what we, it's not what you were asked. And sort of, kind of, shame on Tariko, who you know was one of the best broadcasters ever. It's a shame on him for not being more direct and saying, "Jay, can you answer this for us? Was Phil suspended or not?" Right. He, he didn't ask that now. You and I also know what it's like when they come by with a sheet of paper and hand it to you and they go, right. by the way, Jim Nance is coming over in 10 minutes. You cannot ask him about his contract. If you ask him about his contract, he's going to get up and leave.
1: There was something weird that we weren't allowed to ask uh, Julia Garner. Or, no, not Julia Garner. That's Ruth. Uh, it, well, I, they Gen- said
8: don't ask her for her number. Yeah. And I told, no. I, Jennifer, I,
1: Jennifer Garner. Jennifer they Garner, Jennifer Garner I, who's this huge movie star over to sit with us. And they were like, you're not allowed. I, I swear to God, they like, said an actor's name. They're like, you're not allowed to ask her about so-and-so. Ben Affleck? I don't think it was Ben Affleck. I think we asked her about Ben Affleck. I don't remember that. Yeah, I,
8: they- I mean, I remember that they said. I don't remember who it was. But, like, when Nance would do stuff with us, his assistant, Melissa, right. would often say right. you, you can't ask Jim about the Masters. He's going to talk about the NFL. And then Jim would ultimately say, hey, Drew, I can't believe you are not going to ask me about golf. And we're right. about golf right. anyway. Right. Right. But they, when they tell you that, so for all I know, they might have said to Rico, you cannot ask Jay if Phil's been suspended. I don't know, but the way he asked it was a little lame. So that led to. But there's a Phil there's said, a
1: billion golf reporters out there. Like I there there I are know. so many more golf reporters than they could possibly need for this sport. And again, I, I don't feel that way uniquely about golf. I feel it about every sport. Let me make that abundantly clear.
8: Right, right, um,
1: right. Um, I feel
8: I feel like had Phil been suspended, literally had Phil received something from. Jay Monahan has said, Phil, you're suspended for six months or four months or whatever. I feel like Phil, and I don't know Phil from Adam other than knowing, knowing him for the 30 years he's played and watched him and observed him, and I feel like Phil would have leaked
1: that. Right, would have said, in, in order to, you know, as, a, as a pissy thing, to try to create a little bit of a thing before the Masters, right? Monahan like,
8: suspended me. Yeah, something right. along those lines. I, I feel like something else is going on I wouldn't be totally shocked. It wouldn't shock me at all if in another week and a half, like the Tuesday of the Masters, Mm -hmm. it's not announced that Phil has signed with that league.
1: He's still going to do it.
8: He's still going to go to That wouldn't shock me. I didn't say I'm predicting it, but it wouldn't shock me if on that Tuesday, Greg Norman and Phil Mickelson are at a press conference somewhere in Aiken, South Carolina. And Phil announces he's joined that he
1: league. Still go do it. That would be amazing. That would be really amazing if after all it's, of this he would still. It's a hundred million or hundred fifty million dollars. Uh, and he's in and his fifties, right? Like, I mean, what? What's there he are doing?
8: he's 50 he You'll be fifty-two. And there oh. are, speaking of rumors, there are a lot of rumors around about Phil and some significant gambling issues slash debts. Hmm. And and I don't know to what the, what amount they are, but those rumors have been floating around for a while not what not within the last six months. I'm talking about the last two or three no, years.
1: It doesn't sound surprising. I mean I'm not I'm, that doesn't right. shock me in any
8: way I got So you. I don't know but you know if they waive hundred million dollars in Phil's face, Phil's gonna have a hard time saying no to that. All right, quick. they waved that in front of Tiger, and Tiger went,
1: "Yeah, I think I'm yeah, good." I mean, right, I'm good. I've got, i got plenty of money. We're, we're okay right. over here. All right, quickly. Would you rather? Wednesday's brought to you by Glory Days Grilled. Uh, Drew goes every other day. The St. Patrick's menu is available until the end of the month with the uh, smoky thigh wings, the Guinness grilling sauce. The um, Reuben, the Rachel, the shepherd's pie with the Guinness braised beef, it's all available, glorydaysgrill.com. I know you got to go to acupuncture, so I'll only give you one of them today. We did a betting theme, and I know you're not one that would bet, uh, but I bet you'll participate with this. Would you yes. rather, you got to bet everything you have. Yes. I, right, I understand. Would you rather bet everything you have on Kevin Willard reaching a Final Four in the next ten years at the University of Maryland or on any single arbitrary spring training baseball game that could be played today.
8: Um, but
1: boy, that's a great question, isn't it? I say this because I I won money betting on a spring training baseball game. Yeah. No, my buddy, my buddy Aaron Oster from uh, Veasan sort of dared me to bet on a spring training baseball game yesterday, and I won, and I it was a high, bro. <laughs> like, ew, what a rush! I think I think I would.
8: God, that's a great question. I think I might. I don't know. I'll take the Braves minus one and a half. I already (laughs) said it earlier today.
1: (laughs) That's my guy.
8: That's my guy.
1: (laughs) All right. right. Uh, DrewsMorningDish.com. It's a hooded four four, iron. See you. Next time, call me on time. All right, we'll get there. Drew Ford. Bye-bye. Checking in with us on a Would You Rather Wednesday. What a rush that was. Oh my god. I don't even bet that I just bet little, twenty little bucks. Little
0: Legion of Doom there?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, very much so.
0: What up
1: I can't even do the voice now. <laughs> I can't even do my Laurenitis any longer um i was living and dying dude <laughs> yeah you, you were tweeting about the game like a nerd <laughs> like you were super I into i was it. watching it <laughs> you had a nerd you were tweeting <laughs> about this spring training game like who could possibly Pe- care Pe- except Pe- for me Pe- people want to know that kyle stowers hit a home run for, and so did use Diaz. no he didn't go deep uh, i thought he did somebody else did he had a who else did somebody else uh, rylan bannon that's who it was rylan bannon that went deep um, I swear to God, I was so invested. Not to the point where I would watch the game like, Lord knows that wouldn't happen. But my God, I'm reading tweets. I'm updating the, the, I was the, doing it for the you. score bug. Is that what it, it was? It was for you. I knew <laughs>
0: you were betting like a degenerate. My I knew you were out God, I was so. And in the spring training baseball. They were
1: jumping out ahead, and they were giving it up back, and they were jumping out ahead, and they were giving it back. And I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. But then they were they were comfortably ahead, and then they it was tied again, 9-9 in the ninth inning. I'm like, no! <laughs> no, because I just knew it was going to end up being a push. I'm like, that's the way this goes. It's going to be a push, and at least I won't lose my money, but there's nothing fun about that. There's no, you don't feel anything good about getting a push. How were
0: you feeling in the bottom of the ninth when it was 10-8 and Connor Gillaspie gives up a run <sighs> without getting it out? I was not feeling great, Paul. I wasn't <laughs> feeling great in that moment. And up.
1: I was so prepared to send so many texts to, for, uh, to Aaron Oster about it. Like, I was so ready to treat this like the greatest moment of my life because I was living it. I was – it was a – rush betting on a effing spring track i take back everything i've said i've taken back everything god that is living man i've jumped out of a plane and felt less than what i felt betting 20 dollars on a spring t-
0: none of these people care meanwhile nobody's trying <laughs> meanwhile i'm laying on the couch with my cat te- tweeting out stuff about the game and i fell asleep in the fourth inning
1: yeah that again you there's something i had something at stake you're a nerd <laughs> That's what occurred I just, I yesterday. I love baseball. I, I don't care. There's there's a difference between loving baseball and tweeting about a spring training baseball game. Those are two It's the Orioles,
0: things. man. What else do we got? It makes it worse, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't improve anything hope
1: springs it makes eternal it is so Glenn. much worse that you're tweeting about an Orioles spring training if you're
0: tweeting about a good team spring training game i would be like well okay you're getting and i'll God. probably do it again tonight
1: oh you you need help man you need <laughs> so much help
0: people want to know that if people can't watch <laughs> on, the game see, they want to know let's see if
1: i can mold this for you somehow um know the risks and have a plan before you start being this invested in Orioles spring training games <laughs> For free and confidential advice. All right, never mind. Know the risks and have a plan before you start gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. I don't have a problem. I was a winner. That's not a problem. <laughs> I won. Oh, God, it was a ride.
0: Oh, I was... Speaking s- of death, did you did you catch the latest installment of Winning Time? I did. I
1: did, yeah. Quite. The episodes just keep I, getting better.
0: I swear to God,
1: I read... Perlman's book and i don't remember anything about that i i maybe i gotta figure out how old i was when i read the Perlman book we we know let's put Perlman on next week he's a buddy of mine i helped him out with his next book um i'll give you his number i like to have him on okay um this is the Jer- jerry tarkanian episode of winning time if you haven't watched it yet who, buddy i i move. Wow, there was a lot happening there. There was a lot going on in this. The winning time is excellent. It's a very good, excellent very television good. program. Outstanding. All right, uh, quickly. Today I did a betting theme, and it's just I, I get it. There's been too much going on this morning. Um, Brian Powell tells me that one of the hosts in New York scored a Met Spring training game that he watched on DVR. Well, all of these people need help. That might, you know what? If what you're trying to say, Brian, is it can get worse than Paul. Sure, I will give you that. That's wor- Although the Mets have Max Scherzer. The Mets might be good. <laughs> I- take lot- it back.
0: They got a lot of I- good players. Take it
1: back. You're worse. <laughs> take it back immediately. I need this, For man, because regret- we're all going to be checked out in June. <laughs> <We're-> in June! <laughs>
0: We're making it to June. I can make it to
3: June.
1: Well, I mean, we'll we made there. it we'll to May fifth we'll last year. Uh, you might have. We'll be there for. I actually probably. That did. was a no I hitter know, on know, May fifth. I know. I know. Um, uh, and we'll be checked in for Adley Rutschman. Obviously, like we will be checked in for that oh my god uh, would you rather wednesday brought to you by glory days girl all of these are bets betting everything same odds would you rather uh bet willard uh, to make a final four or bet it all on an arbitrary spring training baseball game today everything ten, you have
0: 10 years to make a final four i'm betting willard
1: i am gonna two, and maybe i'm just being drunk off of a lovely conversation that we had this morning mm. and him, but but yeah yeah and especially after Very the likable guy especially after the, the the day that i had yesterday and how stressed I was over $20. <laughs> I somehow felt like I was stealing money. This wasn't like any old bet to me. Mm-hmm. This was like you were you were stealing money from someone <laughs> because you bet on a Spring Training bet. Ba- oh god, I was so alive. Ah. Oh, I felt it. Uh would you would you rather bet yeah, keep doing bets? Would you rather you got to bet uh everything on one of these three teams winning a Super Bowl in the next 5 years? Ravens, Bengals, Browns.
0: That's a tough one. Um definitely not the Browns. But Joe Burrow is a Super Bowl quarterback. He, he's a guy who's going to win a Super Bowl or two. I think the Ravens are – I'm going to say Ravens. I just feel like they're determined to go out there and win it this year. Okay. I, I really do. All right. all right. Everybody's
1: in agreement on that, and I get it. We're, you're talking about the Browns and the Bengals. I mm-hmm. understand. That's really what we're, we're saying. I think from a pure football perspective, you'd probably have to say the Bengals, but I I certainly understand the argument they're still the Bengals, right? Yeah. But My God, look at what they did. Aaron brought this up the other day. Look at what they did on the offensive line. They're very quietly having an excellent offseason, mm-hmm. and they were already really good to begin with. Like, I, I think separating emotion, you would end up having to say the Bengals. And then the last one, would you rather bet on Gonzaga to win it all or bet on St. Peter's to win one more game against Purdue?
0: Gonzaga. Uh, the, the, I already got them winning it all anyway in my bracket. Uh, they're the best team in college basketball. And I well, think it's they've been a little
1: shaky close. in both of these games. They've yeah. been a little shaky. I don't have them winning their next game. I don't have them losing to UCLA now. we don't know. I don't know if there's an update on Jaquez yet and whether or not he's going to play. I do think that's significant. Um, wait, is that the next? No, I screwed that up. They're in a different region. Why did I say Gonzaga was playing UCLA? Who's Gonzaga playing? They're playing um, Arkansas. That's who they're playing. And I don't have them beating Arkansas either. I have Arkansas winning that game in my mm-hmm. bracket. So, um, I, I, Because of that, I would go with St. Peter's. I know it's, Purdue looks good, but it's one game. And they've already, yeah. they've already beaten I a really good... They already beat Kentucky. There's no reason for me to think they couldn't do it. I get it. It's never happened before. You're betting on something that's literally never occurred. But as been pointed out... Both Oral Roberts and Florida Gulf Coast were very much right in their Sweet 16 games with a chance to win. So I'm betting one of these two... Gonzaga's never won a national championship. A 15 seed has never won a Sweet 16 game. One of them involves one game. The other one involves four. So less variables. Um, I get it. I'm going with St. Peter's. That's where my bet's going Imagine be. that high if St. Peter's uh, pulls that off, It's too. exactly... Oh, my God. Oh, no doubt. It would be amazing. It's exactly what Andrew Steck has said. Uh, fewer variables to play with. One game over winning Four. Um, uh, John Proctor says Gonzaga is the safer money But he's still rooting for St. Peter's Um, Most people are going with the spring training game That's a really weird thing Most everyone that's responded so far Has decided they would rather bet everything they have On a random, arbitrary spring training matchup Than on Kevin Willard making a run to the finals How
0: disenchanted people have become with the program
1: I get it, man, I get it Continue to get me your responses. I'm sorry. I know it's it's sort of a bastardized version of uh, Would You Rather Wednesday Today because we just had such an insanely busy day. But we will still hook up somebody with a $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill. All right. When we come back in, tidbit, tubular, to wrap up what has been a day. It is Glenn Clark Radio.
6: It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms.
7: Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit and stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs
1: Glory Days Grills St. Patrick's menu is now in full swing and it's their most popular seasonal menu all year. New in 2022 are their Smoky Thigh Wings with Guinness Grilling Sauce, a house-made Guinness barbecue sauce. Fan favorites also include their Corned Beef and Cabbage, the Shepherd's Pie with Guinness Braised Ground Beef, the Glory Days Reuben and the Rachel. Enjoy a pint of Guinness or Guinness Baltimore Blonde. The St. Patrick's menu is available for the whole month of March. Come in for great food, cold beer and basketball. Find out more about Glory Days Grill and get your order in online at
9: glorydaysgrill.com. The newest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland Men's Basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship, as Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now, two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models
1: and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find
8: whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn
9: Clark Radio.
1: Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Paul and I are talking about this off the air. It, it's very awkward whenever we ha- get into Orioles conversations because both things are true. There is, there is warranted criticism. There is, in trying to be objective about it, criticism that maybe is unwarranted. And I struggle with that because it's easy to just always dump on the Orioles and I, I'm not going to tell you that I don't understand that or that I don't that I even necessarily have a problem with it because I get it I get it that's the reputation that they have earned over the span of you know the better part of two and a half decades despite the fact that they had a stretch in there that we all like to kind of conveniently forget about where they were the winningest team in baseball for for 5 years um, and we're in the top half of payroll in the
0: league
1: yes yeah. i mean half but you know that's not oversell so that they weren't in the top five hear, they had 160 million I, I payroll in payroll right. in Baltimore. i hear you um so it's it's tough sometimes to parse what's fair criticism what's unfair criticism of the orioles because we all kind of operate as though all criticism of the orioles is fair criticism because they stink right mm-hmm. um as i said Fair criticism is not sending the broadcast teams on the road. It's a joke. It's it's an utter and complete joke. There is nothing. I don't. If you are at such a penny pinching place that you can't do it and hide behind the idea of there still being some sort of COVID issue, then then no. Then I I do have to question whether or not you can lead the team. If their internal argument was, it's just a little bit more money we could save that we could spend when we matter. Like, we're all kind of in on this. We know the team's not good. Why spend that money now? Why not wait, save up as much money as we can in all aspects, and spend that money when it matters? I would still have a problem with it, but I would understand the uh, It'd be a wink, wink, nudge, nudge dude, do you really care if the broadcasters are on the road? Are you even going to be watching the broadcasts? They couldn't ever say that publicly, right. of course. They could never do that. But if internally they were feeling something like that, I, you know, if if that if I was sitting in a, a, a board meeting, right, and that came up, I might be like, oh. okay, I get it. What's one more year? Yeah. Now, if, there's that. There's got to be a light at the end of the tunnel, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. got to be that you're actually doing it. Um. I'd still, I still, I, can't escape it right now. It's critic. I'm gonna fairly criticize him over that. That's that's nonsense. It's utter nonsense for the broadcasters to not be at the games. It utter is. and complete nonsense
0: and kudos to dan Conley for calling him out and said so, you, you know yeah, be, a lot of people taking the, co- right. the company line it'd be
1: very easy for him needing the access needing to just sort of say look here's here's what they're doing that's what they're doing that's the end of it um the arbitration thing is tough for me i don't I, it's sort of the reason why i was going to let you do it with drew is because i just genuinely got to a point where i don't i don't care as much but i still understand i still understand specifically with trey mancini why is it worth this? Why is it, what is it worth, is it really worth $600,000 to you yeah, yeah. to end up having a bunch of people pissed off at you? Because this is gonna, I'm having the, I'm trying to teach my son about lying right now because he's struggling with it. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I always say about lying is, you're only gonna be able to get away with it for so long. Exactly. This is, I, I'm not telling you, I don't try to teach him, you can tell, tell me however you feel about my parenting. I'm not even trying to teach him about how lying is wrong. What I'm trying to teach him is, you're not going to get away with it for that long.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: You're going to get caught. Yes, the reason why you shouldn't lie is because it's not right, but the real reason why you shouldn't lie is because you're going to get caught. You can't keep it up. People are going to figure out your lies. It's going to happen. Whether you get away with it for a little while and then, and it, it sort of feels like that when I have this conversation. Is it worth it? because somebody's going to find out. They're going to find out that you're fighting with Trey Mancini over $600,000. You can only get away with it for so long until somebody finds out.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And when they find out, they're going to be pissed. And was the $600,000 worth it for the negative publicity that you're going to get out of it? I think I, you know how I feel my answer is. yeah. So I side closer to Drew but in what when you say it's just not, I just don't get all that worked up about it. Yeah, I probably don't get all that worked up about it. But do we still have a responsibility of saying, yeah, but it's not that ain't good. It ain't good. There's the it's only bad, right? Even if we say we're closer to
0: neutral, there's no way that it's a positive. Well, it can only be bad. You you look at this team and what they did last year with the arbitration process and mm-hmm. asking Mancini his first year coming off a of chemo, right? Asking him and Anthony Santander to defer two million and four million. I I know what you're saying. That's that's a bad look. I, I know what you're Undercutting saying. Undercutting him by a uh, by a few hundred thousand dollars, every team does that. I, I know what
1: you're saying and I get that. I get you there's a big difference between having separate numbers and specifically a player like Trey Mancini going to him and saying, Okay, that's your number. We can do this. Mm-hmm. We can we don't we don't need to go to the pro, we don't and they should I I we agree can do that, this.
0: I, I agree with everybody that they should give Trey Mancini yeah. what he what he asked for but the fact that they didn't I'm not gonna and act I just like, don't, this, is, this is the straw for right, me like, it's, right. it's just, it just
1: it's just I, I think we're lumping John means in but I don't think we're all that offended by the John means thing no, I, I think it really is about Trey Mancini and it's and it's unique to not just it's not just about cancer, it's also about the way that he has stepped up as a community leader mm-hmm. at, in a miserable woeful time for this franchise. Yeah, trust me, I I, I get it. I just Right, like dude, it's 8 million. But just pay the goddamn money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's that's all it comes down to right. for me. But yes, am I freaking out about it? Am I No, I'm not losing my mind. I wouldn't have sent a single tweet about it yesterday. And and then I saw you going back and forth with everybody and I was like, I get I mean, we're going to have to talk about it. Um I, I get where you're coming from. And I say this all the time about things like you can't be surprised by them, but we still have a responsibility to say even if we're not surprised, is something right or wrong, mm-hmm. right? And I do think that this is a wrong. I'm not going to shout it from the mountaintops. I'm not going to lose my mind over it. It's not going to make me I, – I really got to think about whether or not I can support this organization. I'm not doing any of that. I'm not throwing in hyperbole for the sake of throwing in hyperbole. But right or wrong,
0: it's wrong. Uh, It's wrong. And to another part of this whole thing, people are going to have to get on board. Maybe you don't have to get on board. Maybe that's what sends you away. But get used to the idea that after this year, and probably for a part of this year, Trey Mancini's not going to be here. Probably. Yeah, I mean, probably, you, 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 look, you, you know, gotta get on board with that.
1: Is, is there some world where Trey just really wants to be here so badly that he says, "Like this is the awkward part, right?" Because Adam Jones specifically would have wanted to stay here, mm-hmm. but they had just decided it's it's not happening. There's no there's no, there's no dollar amount at which you're staying here. You could say you're paying playing for a million bucks. You ain't staying here. Mm-hmm. We're moving on. That's the way that it's going. I don't know that it would be that simplistic with Trey Mancini. I. I do think that there could be a number at which, if he was just so desperate to be here, he would be here. Because, as I said before, I'm, I'm, you're never going to convince me that it's going to be worth trading Trey Mancini.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You're yeah, he's not going to get anything. You're before. just not getting anything for Trey Mancini. So, if you can't trade him for anything of value, and he really does want to stay, I think there could be a, a world in which you say, "We can make this work. Like, we can do this." Now, it's also possible to trade and he's like why would I want to do that like I there it's one thing to say I, you can't get anything for a trade but there might be a team that is still willing to pay him actual money and if that's the case then then he'll go there and he'll play for that team moving forward
0: and, and the, the the real conversation that people need to have and and look you, you're you're walking a fine line I'm walking a fine line when I say this 2019 Trey has a spot on this team Twenty twenty one Trey, God love him and, and God bless him for everything yeah. he went through. Yeah, and twenty well, twenty one Trey but, that doesn't have a spot on but, the future. But be Royals fair, team.
1: be fair. You know, like I mean, he was coming back from what he was no, coming and, back and, from. And that's why I and, say I, I walk a fine have, line with uh, this. You'd have to see what he looks like this season. You have to see who he is. Yeah. Exactly right. All of those things. All right. Uh, Tidbit is brought to you today by the print issue of Press Box. Obviously, we've talked a lot about Maryland basketball. They're hoping to get back to this point twenty years ago. Gary Williams winning the national championship. We celebrate that anniversary on the in inside this issue. You can pick it up for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox or read it all pressboxonline.com.
0: All right, so I did this for yesterday. Um, all right, we had granted, to save it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, obviously, the story of spring training is something different now, but the story of, of Orioles spring training this season is not necessarily the team as a whole, but rather the young prospects that are in camp. Adley Rutschman is either the number one or number two prospect in all baseball in every pros, in every publication. Grayson Rodriguez is the top pitching prospect in baseball, and DL Hall is one of the top ten left-handed pitching prospects. And that's before we mention guys like Kyle Stowers, who is still registering eye-popping exit velos, or Colton Cowles, who simply hits everything and is taking big-league caliber bets. The Orioles have been fairly well represented over the years in Rookie of the Year voting since 2002, Rodrigo Lopez, Jorge Julio, Daniel Cabrera, Trey Mancini, and John Means have all finished top three in AL Rookie of the Year voting in their respective years, and that's without mentioning Nick Markakis sixth in 2006, Brian Mattis fifth in 2010, Wei-Yin Chen fourth in 2012, Ryan Mountcastle, Mountcastle eighth in 2020, and sixth in 2021.
1: I'm not really sure what any of that means. I'm just being—I don't—I don't really know.
0: That the Orioles, like, or No, 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 I, I under,
1: I understand factually what it means. Like, I'm trying to get, like, what's the next statement? Like, the next statement is the Orioles. They- They've, the, they've had the guys that we thought were good but the majority of them didn't really end up being on it like I don't really know they have what they had guys the, that
0: were that were good enough as rookies that they wanted. Yeah, but, but, t- na- but read National that list of names
1: again like th- how many of them proved to be really good players Nick Marcakes Marcakes really of player. course yes. Wayne
0: Chan was a really good player for the Orioles he was he very was, briefly yeah, and it for, was a very unique. for the Orioles but he was it was
1: very a very unique circumstance he wasn't really a rookie he was just a rookie in, in America
0: and, and Ryan Mountcastle he, he yes finished. we
1: have a thought that he might be that guy Trey Mancini
0: mancini john means they're they're legitimate okay, mancini means uh, right, lopez fine. julio and, and cabrera yeah Yeah, I mean that's
1: but that's what the list started with was
0: right, right. Yeah. um the orioles have four players who could legitimately make a run at rookie of the year in 2022 in rodriguez hall rutschman and stowers once they debut and yeah. kalser could have the opportunity to make some noise in 2023 along with kobe mayo should 2022 go as expected which orioles have won rookie of the year awards and who is the last to do it there are two that i don't expect you to get
1: Oh, I used to know this off the top of my head. I mean, obviously Cal did.
0: Nineteen
1: eighty-two. Um. Oh God! I swear to God, I used to know this. Was it? Was it Greg Olson that won it? Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. He was the last one to do it in nineteen
0: eighty-nine.
1: Okay. You have. He was the last. Left. Well, yeah, that in nineteen eighty-nine. Yeah, sure. Um. Eddie, Eddie won. Eddie in
0: 1977. There's one more that I think you you could get and two that I'd be shocked.
1: The funny thing is, I think I know one of the the one of the ones that you'd say you would be shocked by. I think Ron Hansen. Ron Hanson, he was was the first rookie of the year. And it's it's funny because again, I go back to I used to know like by memory, I used to know these things, and Mm -hmm. I could have told you that Ron Hansen was the first rookie of the year in Orioles history. I believe the other one that you think I would get is Al Bumbre. Yes, nineteen
0: seventy three. And you're line.
1: right that I am struggling with who the other one was. You're right that I'm and and specifically because you said it's somebody that you didn't think I was going to get. Because my guesses would have been guys that would have been more Yeah. What year was it?
0: Nineteen
1: sixty five. Sixty five. Nah, go ahead.
0: I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, I know it, but it's Hank Bleffery.
1: Oh, Kurt Bleffery, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. His name is Hank. I don't know who Hank Bleffery would be, but Kurt Bleffery was definitely the answer. I don't know who the heck Hank, I mean, maybe he went by Hank at some point, I don't know. I've never heard that, but it's definitely Kurt Blefrey. Oh, it's Kurt Blefrey. Like, I don't know.
0: Maybe because yesterday know. was my stepdad's birthday and his name No, Oh, there you go. Maybe that's
1: what it was. I, I don't know. But, yes, it's definitely Kurt Blefrey. I don't know where there's I got no Hank question from. about that. Yeah, i I got to be honest with you. I don't know either, pal. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> it's, it's, either. It's, it's a weird day. All right. Uh, Tubular brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. Of course, we will be there for the title game, and it will be myself and Rodney Elliott hanging out with you, having fun, trying to help you win money with great giveaways. Please don't forget if you're a Live Rewards member and you make a $50 or more bet on any NCAA tournament game, you can win a $500 bracket bonus. If you're not a Live Rewards member, when you're there in the FanDuel Sportsbook, just stop by the window and say, I want to join Live Rewards, and they'll get you signed up. Then when you make your bet, all you got to do is register it on their website. Ten Live Rewards members are winning $500 bracket bonuses whether or not your $50 bet hits. So if your $50 bet hits on a big dog, you can cash in big on that and get a $500 bracket bonus. It goes through the end of the tournament. So even championship game bets, again, as long as they're $50 or more on the game, can be registered if you're a Live Rewards member in order to win. Here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise for the, uh, the rest of the day and the evening. As Paul pointed out, you will be able to watch the Orioles... I mean, if you have a smart TV, you can watch it on TV. Otherwise, you can watch it on your phone or wherever. As they are um, the MLB TV free game of the day today. They take on the Yankees at 6.30. Uh, Kyle Bradish on the mound against Davey Garcia. So that's a little interesting. One of the the more thought-of pitching prospects, if there's something you want to see there. That's 6.30 tonight. Uh, Penn and Maryland women's lacrosse at 7 o'clock on Big Ten Network. The Loyola women have a big one against Princeton on ESPN+. Nets Grizzlies, 7.30 on ESPN. Sixers Lakers at 10 on ESPN. TNT's got Penguin Sabres at 7.30. Blackhawks Ducks at 10. Round one of the match play event gets underway today at 2 on the Golf Channel. Miami Open continues on the Tennis Channel right now. Uh, MLB Network Rays Braves at 1. Athletics Cubs at 4. Brewers Reds at 9. ESPN 2 has some college hoops, CBI and NIT. And TBS for AEW Dynamite at 8 as well. Some non-sports highlights...
0: Uh, your favorite, Joe Jonas, is going to be on um He was great the in um,
1: show. Uh, this season of uh, of Gemstones. He was tremendous, of course, in Gemstones this season.
0: Um, you've got The Goldbergs, The Wonder Years, The Connors Home of e- Economics, and The Chase from 8 through 10 uh, on ABC, The Murder Tapes and Signs of a Psychopath on the Investigation Discovery, and stuff and things. Not a lot of great programming on Wednesday right, nights.
1: Very good. If you missed any of this show, you should probably listen to it because you missed a lot. Thanks today to I'm gonna go through the, Drew Forrester, who's <laughs> our big time now. Thanks to uh, Drew. Thanks also, of course, to Kevin Willard, to Marcus Williams, to Pat Ricard, and to Marcus Spears. We will get all of that up in the Greatest Hits section of the Arges. tab at glenclarkradio.com. And, of course, we get to follow that up by saying, coming up tomorrow, Kyle Stackpole. I love Kyle. He's a good guy. He's, he covers the NFL draft. He's a former intern here. He covers the NFL draft now for CBS. We'll do a weekly draft segment with him um and then we've got some other uh, some other significant in fact irons in fires that we're working on for the next couple of days want to thank not only uh, paul who obviously you can follow on twitter at paul valley third but ryan shell who worked very hard in putting together uh, a day like this today as he's back with us in a consultant's role at ryan shell 87 is how you follow him of course follow us on twitter and instagram at glenn clark radio thanks to all of our sponsors and partners as well Everybody at Press Box, the great folks at Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Baltimore Police, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino and Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, Blue Line Canine, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Have a great Wednesday night. Go Maryland Women's Lacrosse. Go Loyola Women's Lacrosse. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.